Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash watchoutforfireballs. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And try Audible Prime for Audible in 3D. Chozo log number 704. The end is near. The Chozo have transcended their physical form as the last breath of Talon 4 is strangled by Phazon tendrils. As the ghost editing approaches, I must complete my dread errand and leave behind clues and devices for the newborn. Space Power Law 102. Holy shit, you guys. There are missiles riding all over the place. Did you get those eight eyes up in R&D to look into this bullshit? Hey, Hoodle. How about to finish up my rounds? Ta-ta. Chozo Log number 802. This was once a veritable Eden. The corridors were navigable by those with wings and those who could curl up into balls. Paradise lost. Space Pirate Log 203. I got separated from my crew while trying to bring back some more Metroids. Danny got popped. I had to cap him real good so he wouldn't suffer. He had the last of the rocket boots, so I'm stuck down here. How the hell do I get out? Chozo Log number 909. We mythical, chosen... Godlike, improbable Chozo have foreseen a terrible future where foul creatures inevitably discover the source of this blight and exploit it. That's why we're vainly attempting to seal it off. Only the newborn can save us from this thing we could have prevented. Space Pirate Log 560. I'm sorry that most of the previous logs were just me sobbing. But down here for weeks. I think something's coming. Something horrible. Chozo Log number 1024. With this, my last errand is complete. To seal this door from Fedrana to Magmore. Oh, oh crap, it's the hunter! No! Only the newborn's feed will open it. Thousands of years from now. I didn't see me jump down here. And land gracefully atop the lava with her various suits. Who said that? Various suit? Is this a ghost? Yes, various suit. Yes, I am a ghost. What does the various suit protect against? Fire. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro-produced game. It is a podcast. <laughs> a retro video games podcast. 
<laughs> Gary, I thought you were having a stroke. Um, <laughs> no, I just uh, realized as I was saying it that Retro is the name of the studio for this. <laughs> That's my part, Gary. Don't take and my was part. And <laughs> I wasn't trying to take your part. I just <laughs> was trying to fit it together in some kind of – like we don't, we don't tell jokes. No. Like they're not you know, well-crafted punchlines or anything. Sometimes no. we're just saying the wrong thing. And then we expect it to fly as jokes. So that's what I was trying to do. Okay. That's, that is that that is acceptable. Um, what you were trying to say was that uh, this week we were talking about Metroid Prime, which is a first-person action-adventure game developed by Retro Video Games Podcast Studios and yes. published by Nintendo for the GameCube in 2002. Yes, yes. And, uh, and this game is notable for being the first Metroid game not to be a side-scrolling platform. Which a lot of people were freaked out about when this came out. Yeah, yeah. So you play as Samus as she explores the world of Talon 4. The game does a remarkable job of bringing Metroid's exploration and combat uh, to 3D as you navigate these complex ruins um, and acquire gear that helps you access new sections of the map and take out new enemies, etc. Right. In addition to weapons and suits and abilities, uh, Metroid Prime's new perspective allowed you to have multiple visors. Um, including the scan visor, which allowed you to learn more about the world around you. Which, in turn, kind of allowed the game to have some more direct uh, and indirect storytelling than the previous games uh, did. Um, it kind of expands on the mythos of the Metroid world, uh, dropping in text logs that explain the uh, the history of the Chozo um, and research logs that were kind of left behind by the space pirates, these two races that were alluded to in the previous games and a little, maybe a little bit, you know, fleshed out, but like not to the sickening degree that they are here. Right. Right. And this, and this will ultimately spoiler, um, uh, <laughs> was, was, you know, ended up being a, a big factor in me, uh, not finishing this game. Like, <laughs> you know, not the only factor, but, uh, I definitely, I think this is a serious misstep. Um, the, uh, the game has a couple of sequels and spinoffs, all of which contribute to the Prime series. Um, so there are as many Prime games as there are in the main series, which is five. Um, five. Three kind of canonical, uh, canonical, <laughs> maniacal, <laughs> canonical um, entries on the, the GameCube, uh, which yes. I have not uh, played in any of the other ones. No. But the third one's on the Wii only, right? Third one is Wii only. Um, yeah. It's okay. Uh, I, that was the first one that I played. Uh, before I went back and got the got the first two here, um, mm. it's okay. Um, the kind of kind of something else that's remarkable about this, like with the Wii, the Wii version kind of changes the game pretty spectacularly because you have free look control like you did in Metroid uh, Prime Three, um, mm. which kind of changes up some of the some of the, some of the dynamics. It's kind of like uh, the Twin Snakes version of Metal, Metal Gear Solid, or the uh, Wii Resident Evil Four. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think that's a cool idea. Like I yeah. wish that more like remaking – if you have a system where the big selling point is this entirely new interface, finding old games that would work well with that interface and redesigning them is a great idea. Yeah, yeah. They like, did that uh, with Pikmin. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Other um, games, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pikmin. Oh, it runs the gamut from Pikmin to Resident Evil 4 <laughs> to Metroid Prime. Like really all the games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the plot of yes. Metroid Prime 1, Cole? Metroid Prime 1. So uh, the game takes place shortly after the events of the first Metroid. Uh, Samus is flying through space when she gets a distress call from a space pirate research freighter. Uh, while investigating it, she finds that the space pirates have been experimenting with a strange substance called Phazon. Yes, plodium. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, I think – I don't – this isn't in the notes, but I think that there's some um, – 
uh, controversy as to whether this takes place uh, right after Metroid or after Super Metroid. Huh. And I've actually I've read I've read both. Um, so I mean, the Metroid timeline is probably not as convoluted as the Zelda timeline. But that, um, that's the comparison I was going to make. Uh, it's I care about both equally as little. Yeah, yeah, it 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 doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. Doesn't. So I mean, yeah, this is going to be what's going to be cool about this episode of Watch Out for Fireballs. Breaking from the plot for one second, and <laughs> I'll get back to it. Is that like I feel like this game acts as kind of a m- microcosm for some some things that have made you know when I try to think about like why I like the old Zelda games and I don't like the new ones. And like I, you know, it's kind of true of the Metroid games too. Like I don't, I don't wouldn't fail this game on a pass fail, but I don't like it as much as the older ones. And I think that this game is kind of pointing me towards that that conclusion. Like, what's different about that? And this is helping me articulate that. Right. Like, kind of what uh, you know, these two series that Nintendo is so known for, um, kind of started, you know, becoming less to my taste. Right. Um. Anywho, the uh, <laughs> any hoodle, the um. So after you find the plodium and. Uh, so on this distress or on this uh, uh, research freighter, you defeat a parasitic creature that has been mutated by the Phazon. Um, the ship explodes and Samus escapes right in time to see your riv- uh, rival, Ridley, um, flying into the nearby planet of Talon 4. Yes. Upon landing, uh, Samus finds that Talon 4 was home to the Chozo, the extinct race of bird people who raised her. Uh- <laughs> mm-hmm. What a quinky dink. <laughs> The planet has been colonized by the space pirates who are mining for Phazon around the impact site of a mysterious meteor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, over the course of the game, you thwart the space pirates, uh, find weapons, items, and artifacts that the Chozo have left for you, and you gain access to the sealed impact site. Uh, there you find that the Phazon meteor impacted with a regular Metroid, and the two fused to become, quote-unquote, Metroid Prime, the source of all the Phazon on Talon Four. Yes. So Samus defeats Metroid Prime, uh, but not before it can steal her Phazon suit uh, to survive, since all Phazon is now gone for some reason. I forget why. Um, <laughs> this, uh, uh, <laughs> no, I don't, uh, um, <laughs> this this allows uh, Metroid Prime to become Dark Samus, her doppelganger, um, and pursue her for the rest of the Prime series. Yeah, and this and we don't have it in the notes here, but this game actually so it came out somewhat near Fusion because there's a weird intersection between the two, right? Like yes. You can hook up your your Game Boy Advance if you and if you beat both of them, you unlock the original Metroid. Is so, that the? I believe that is the connectivity. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I mean, kind of. There's a lot of kind of things in common with uh, Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion, chiefly among them, like the fact that we just had all this plot where there's a meteor that landed a long time ago and all this stuff, like. They both kind of bring plot to a series which previously uh, did not really have it. A, ser- a series which hadn't been around for a decade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, you know, a long break and somebody, you know, it's kind of a real, you can kind of take this game and then Super Metroid as kind of a, a you know, uh, showing the style of the time, right? So, like, they're yeah. kind of, you know, doing a new Metroid game and they're kind of doing it with sensibilities that are very 2002. Um, you know, which in- include this kind of uh, lack of abstraction in the, you know, in the uh, the narrative and, and the storytelling. But that's definitely getting getting ahead. Yep. Um, full disclosure. So I didn't I beat this game when it came out um, this time around. I got about halfway through it. Right. So I, it's it's further than I got in sort of mana. But I always feel bad if I don't at least get to the end. I feel a little bit like I'm not doing due diligence. But as as do I, because I have not beaten this game now or ever. 
Um, but uh, it, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. About yeah. It. Yeah. We'll talk about it at length. Yeah, so you start out um, and you get a little bit of like a cutscene showing that you find the dis- distress beacon yes. on the frigate. Mm-hmm. And you land. It's the usual kind of like Metroid uh, um, intro where it's her coming out of the coming out of the uh, ship. What's her ship? Slave One. Yeah, I think that's the name of okay, it. Okay, Slave One. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a really cool sequence. I, I really like yeah. this opening. You know, it's it's, oh, yeah. it's it's pretty much the the opening of of, uh, Metro, of Super Metroid, except done in three D um, and with a scan visor. Um, yeah. And, it's- it's great. Like, and, and it shows it like for one thing. So this game looks amazing. Like it's a really good looking GameCube game mm-hmm. like graphically, I think. And the, uh, there's a really cool effect. Like when you're on the, the, the hull of the ship, if you shoot outwards, there are kind of cool invisible force field walls keeping in the atmosphere Yeah, that only show up when you shoot them. And of course, excuse me, it being a Metroid game, um, you're kind of powered up at this point. Right. And you, right. Get, you get depowered like uh, symphony of the night and, and such. Yeah. So so it plays out like a really cool um, you know, tutorial of of some of the mechanics that you're going to get to find. So you get all of this front loaded in a way in a in a way that is kind of like naturally designed to get you through it as mm-hmm. opposed to needing to put up text when um it could present an artificial barrier to uh to passage later on if you don't it's, know how to use these things. It's the only time this game chooses not to put up text. Um <laughs> in the entire in the entirety of the game. And I'm not I'm not kidding. It's like it's almost the the only bit of like, you know, teaching you how to play not through telling you how to play. Right. Um the uh so the big thing I mean I kind of cut you off when you're talking about the the scan visor. I know this is a uh, particular kryptonite of yours. Yes. Um, yes. So uh, we, we've established um, I am a lore fiend. Um, so even if I don't particularly like it, I go after it. The scan visor uh, here is really, really neat. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, if you could say that it's oh, that it's ever that it had outstayed its welcome at this point, because you're coming to the site of this disaster after it's happened. You're like scanning the corpses of, the, of these space pirates. You're, you're learning the causes of their death and you're finding out what's happening here. And it, it, it plays out in a really kind of cool way. Well, and, and you're running into it's a research vessel, right? So right. like they have specimens of all these cool creatures, some of which you've met in two dimensional Metroid games. Right. And being able to, like, scan them in captivity like that is really neat. There's a lot of atmosphere where you're running, you're seeing broken containment cells and you think something's going to pop out at any time. Um, it's great. Like, the, like it's, it's really neat and it's really fun in the beginning of the game to, like, scan everything and get this kind of, uh, you know, taxonomical clinical language of these uh, these different creatures and stuff. Yeah. It quickly devolves later on into this wall is made of bauxite. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you have to figure out what kind of missile gets rid of bauxite. Oh, um, <laughs> it's a, like I was—I had a, an idea for comparison. You're talking about being a lore hound. Um, like I was reading about uh, vampires, well, and there's like a bit of bit of lamb. I made a reference to that on the Facebook. You know that, right? With the uh, that you're a lore hound, or is it the vampire thing? I'm going to talk about the vampire thing. Oh, did you? I, maybe I missed it. Yeah, the rice. Yeah, shit. Yeah, I, I must have missed that. Like, no, I did. Okay, so anybody who doesn't follow the Facebook would really be upset right now because I just ruined the thing. Tell them that thing. Oh, like vampires. Yeah. One of the interesting things about co-running a Facebook is I don't get notifications when you put something on oh, there. Oh, yeah. And, and and vice versa. So, But the um, like vampires, like part of vampire lore is that they're crazy obsessive compulsive. So one way to uh, 
to stop them is to throw a handful of rice onto <laughs> uh, on the floor, and they will have to count it. And then uh, is it that the sun will come up by the time that they finish counting it, or there's something you can do, or you distract them at uh, the end? You wait until they have a couple grains left, and then you, you know, play some loud dubstep or something. <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, they, you, you wait until they have two grains and you drop the beat. Well, no, no, no. You just never drop the beat. They just stand there waiting for it to drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, vampires are, are are clinically diagnosed as dubstep fans. And they can't, they can't, you know, do anything until they hear the beat drop. Exactly. No, no. But but it's it's very much a similar thing, which is you walk into a new room. I always bring up the scan visor. And so it's like, oh, boy, there are a bunch of lit up orange icons here. Better get to work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the game wants you to do that. Like yeah. every guide you read for the game, every Let's Play and everything like that is like, you know, there's certain things that are missable. They want you to get all the entries in your log. Yeah. It's kind of becomes this collect-a-thon. Uh, see that uh, that that part of it doesn't appeal to me. It's not like, oh boy, I didn't get this thing at the beginning, so it's lost forever, and I need to restart. You it's just, just want to know all the stuff. I just want to know. I just want to know this this stuff because there could be something good hidden there, which yeah. oftentimes it's not. But at least here it is. Yeah, in the initial part it is, um, and then this ends up like playing a lot of my fatigue is how much of it isn't. But in the first part, I'm still it's in my my good graces. Um, you get introduced to the control scheme, which is uh, very interesting. Like. It does not control like a, a FPS on a console ordinarily would. Right? It controls so like, like GoldenEye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not dual stick, even though the GameCube controller has you know two sticks. Yeah. Um, so and and you're you're pokey, you're mm-hmm. slow, and you have kind of a limited range of uh, like your your lock on does not have a very um, wide you know radius kind of like tolerance left right. and right vertically. And uh, you don't have – you can't look straight up or straight down. Like you kind of have – you know, which makes sense for – it's kind of like Samus is in like a neck brace, you know, and, and trying, to, <laughs> trying to look around in it. It's uh, Ernest when Ernest dresses up as the old neighbor woman. Um, the, uh, but the, uh, you're kind of introduced to these things that don't feel – I like it because what it does is it – you know, Samus was never – or Metroid was never an action game. Right. You know, like you, you do action within it, but it's a slower, more considered mm-hmm. – uh, experience and it kind of introduces that in a genre which is not that you know it's not doom like it is not frantic uh, uh fast-paced action it's a little bit slower and a little bit more considered yeah it's really hard not to jump ahead at that point talking about doom but yeah but but but, but you're right <laughs> I, I i i think that the control scheme is is an advantage to this game um, mm-hmm. It makes really, really good use of the GameCube controller, which I initially had, you know, mixed feelings up, feelings about. But playing this, I like it, and I think it was wise of them not to put looking on the C stick. It takes a while to get used to. Yeah, like uh, at the time I played this the first time, I was not used to dual stick, dual stick uh, uh, shooting games mm-hmm. on a console. But the uh, once you get used to it, it, does feel really good. Right. So I, I like it quite a bit. Right. But uh, it does a good job of kind of like easing you in, even up through the, up through the boss of this area, um, mm-hmm. or the or, or you know so, so, some so, some fights in here. Uh, you have firefights which you don't have for, uh, for 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 a little for a little ways. I like that the space pirates are like dying, and you are the one who responds to their to their distress signal, but they, but they'll still fight you because they hate you. Yeah, yeah. Well, at this point, you run into them. Like, they yeah. are in the first Metroid, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I like the idea of you, you know, you destroyed this other planet they were invested in, and you've kind of got this mythology yeah. in their eyes. Especially if, you know, like, you know, I can't tell if this happens after Super Metroid, but that could be, you know, definitely a big deal 
mm-hmm. you're the person who perpetrated those events, right. and you you know, you are you are renowned through this entire culture as, yeah. as kind of public enemy number one, shoot on sight. You're the hunter. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's a cool cool mythology bit, really empowering. Mm-hmm. And uh, the boss for this this section is fun, even though. It foreshadows a weakness in the game in a time it's not a big deal, but will become a big deal later. Um, the enemy is uh, – what is it called? It's the Parasite Queen. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is a, uh, a kind of a column. Like imagine one of those Euro columns at a uh, Greek restaurant. <laughs> they did. It's kind of like a, a sentient Euro column. And the um, it has shields spinning around it and you have to uh, wait you know, for the, the opening in the shield. To, to fire at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the big thing with here is that you, you have this kind of ability to, to strafe around and you have an ability to kind of dodge. <laughs> but your dodge is really uh, uh, small range. And I feel like something that became a big problem later, like your defensive or ev- evasive vocabulary in this game is really limited. Right. Like you tank a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. In Metroid Prime, and here it's not a big deal because this thing doesn't do very much damage. It's the first boss. Later on, this becomes fucking maddening for right. me. Yeah, you know, yeah. I might just be spoiled by Dark Souls, where I like you know if I play well, I can avoid taking damage. But you know, playing well does not allow you to avoid taking damage in a lot of these fights. At least it felt like to me. And maybe I'm just shitty at the game. I, so I wish that the dodge moved you a little bit further. Because as it stands, I don't think that it moves your hitbox. So if you're it, like if you're looking at the projectile that's coming at you, I don't think that the the, the step moves you far enough to the left or to the right to get your hitbox out of the way of the uh, projectile's hitbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that, I mean that's definitely what it feels like, and that seems like a major oversight to me. Like yeah. you can't use the dodge move to dodge bullets. Yeah, or like you if know? it gave you a frame or two of invincibility. Yeah, that would have been that would have yeah. been nice. But uh, as it stands. It it just it feel it feels like they give you a button that kind of looks like it does something, but it doesn't. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And yeah. and later on, they introduce kind of another technique for for you know defensive technique that also is is wanting. Right. So you know this is the it's it's all kind of here in this first boss fight that you're going to fight uh, things where you're kind of this war of attrition where it's going to hit you and you're going to hit it kind of no matter what, and you just kind of hope that you can outlast it. You know right. if you can figure out what uh what what its weak points are and, and kind of the strategy you need to use yeah and the scan, is, the scan visor helps you with that yeah 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 which is really cool like i i, I don't begrudge the game that like that's a neat thing mm-hmm. you know to uh this is this is a, it's a good use of the uh the the text yeah it's better than having like navi like say hey listen and then saying right. you, you need to shoot it in the shoulder with an arrow you know, right, right, right. So it may, it is, and sometimes you forget to scan. And if you're having trouble, you think, "Oh, wait, I can scan." Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. There yep. you go. Yep, yep. So, yeah. Once you take this thing down, apparently it was a load bearing uh, parasite because a, lo- a load bearing euro. <laughs> load bearing. Do you know what I'm talking about? With you didn't yeah. laugh at all during that euro column thing. You know what I'm talking about? By a euro column, right? Do you have euros yeah. where you come from? Yeah. Okay. But uh, that that initiates um, uh, a classic Metroid thing, which is the time to escape from uh, something that is blowing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. and uh, it does a good job of um, kind of wasting your time enough to make you feel like it's it's intense, <laughs> even though you'll escape with like four or five minutes. Yeah, on the clock, like there are you know doors you have to wait to have open, and mm-hmm. and uh, enough little impediments on your your way out. You know why that is, right? You know why that the the, the doors it's loading. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, <laughs> and it, it frustrates me a lot later on in the game. Yeah. Here, it's kind of fun because it's adding tension. Later on, like there are times where I just don't feel like dealing with a room. <sighs> I have to stand and wait for the door to open while it just shoots me in the back over and over. Right. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I don't have like off, you know, offhand, uh, like a, like an encyclopedic knowledge of all of the ways that Samus loses her powers in the games. Yeah. Um, like fusion had a pretty good, you know, thing. Cause they had to like surgically remove her suit and stuff like that. Um, super Metroid. I forget what the premise was there. Um, this yeah, is a pretty shitty it, yeah. premise. Yeah, it just you just can blow it up. You get you get blowed up. You get blowed yeah. in. You get blowed blowed into blow a yourself. wall, and all your missiles fall out. Yeah, yeah. Whoop. Um, yeah, and you lose the ability to curl up into a ball. Right. Like it's and it's it's so like it makes no sense. Yeah. Um, it blew, you know, they have to do it. It blew but. her spine back into her. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What would be like? I almost feel like there's got to be a better way to do that. Like. Um, what if like, I mean, these other games, like if they didn't do a chronology and these were just different adventures of, of Samus as a bounty hunter starting out, you know, mm-hmm. we just don't know where they're at in the chronology. That would, I would almost want, rather have that. I could see that if it, I think that the key problem with this, and we're getting into the series as a whole right here is that they want to keep using the same power ups because why not? They engender, um, familiarity. Well, yeah, yes, they're, yeah. they're, they're Nintendo. You know, you, you, you know that you're going to get the bow and arrow after the boomerang. Right. Yeah. It's just a thing that happens and it's what you can expect. And it, you know, gives you the warm fuzzy, uh, warm fuzzies, at least until the uh, eighth time that you do it. And then you just get a little bit upset. Like I like the, I liked the way that, uh, um, Arkham city handled it where it was just kind of like you start out with all of your shit still, and then you just get new shit on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they didn't even need to do that. They had you sneak in as uh Bruce Wayne, right? They very well could have had you get all your shit back because you had to sneak in. Mm-hmm. Like they did both. They gave you your stuff and they gave you a good reason not to have it. Yeah. And that's why that game rules. Like, <laughs> God, I love that game so much. Yeah. It's super good. That's a great yeah. series. We need to wait like two console generations and we can do <laughs> Arkham Asylum. Um, oh man. Yeah. Speaking of Metroidvania. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, How's the traversal? Yeah, so, the, uh, so so you you, know, you get your all power, your powers uh, taken away from you for no reason without being hurt, and then you uh, you know you see Meta Ridley. She heads it down to a planet, and mm-hmm. uh, you uh, where Meta Ridley goes, you follow. I guess you don't know that it's Meta Ridley at this point. Like it looks, she looks different though, or he looks different. Yeah, yeah. He 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 does look different. He also, by all rights, should be dead at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Many times over. Like again, it's it's the. You know, the weird Joseph Campbell, like, archetype approach to video game design. <laughs> yeah. You know, where, like, you just kind of, uh, you know, take the same places and pieces and put them in, you know, the same order, really. Not a different <laughs> order. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah. So, the uh, you know you're going to have to fight him. Yeah. You head on down to uh, Talon Overworld West is what's called on the map. And uh, this is great. Like, this opening scene, again, the game is very, you know, warming my heart. Yes. At this point. Like, it lo- just looks cool. Like, you get out of your ship, and this first landing area just, like, looks great. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks really cool. It looks like there's possibility everywhere. Um, it's got a really nice use of vertical space. Yeah. So, previously, you know, you're kind of going through claustrophobic tunnels. But this is the first part. Like, oh, no, this is a 3D game. Like, I'm going to be <laughs> moving in all directions. Yeah. There are some doors that you can't uh, that you can't access yet because they're out of reach or mm-hmm. they require a different weapon. Um, you know the, the the water is kind of daunting at this point. It's just a, it's a real cool it's a real cool thing. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, and and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that when you look up, you get uh, water drops. Yep, on your visor, like all the visor effect things and, and stuff like that. The steam. Every once in a while, you pass by steam and it shows your face. 
like reflects. Yeah, 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 yeah. All that stuff is, is real gorgeous. Yeah, even like flashes of light will cause. Will, will, you'll you'll see you'll see your reflection, and it's yep. and it's the non-animu sexy Samus uh, still yeah. at this point um, yep. because they hadn't brawlified her. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> so this is still this is still my Samus. Yes, still yeah. the strong actual person <clears throat> Samus. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you know, half Chozo, half human. Whatever. Hybrid Metroid, like cool X. bounty hunter from space. <laughs> cool. Like stop. Like I mean, that's. I mean, yeah, we'll get into <laughs> it. But like, stop. You know, don't. Uh, it's the same problem with uh, the Star Wars prequels, uh-huh. and the same problem. Like, don't explain things. You don't need to explain everything. <laughs> I didn't. I never knew that. Needed to know that she was half chosen. Like, she is fine as a cool bounty hunter. Um, there's like a uh, X Men comic um, that came out in the early 2000s called Wolverine Origins. Um, and it's, it is what it says on the page and it's stupid and it's a terrible idea because mm-hmm. it like reeks of this desperation where it's like, I know people, we know people will pay for this story, right. but we'll, we don't need to know, see Wolverine as a little kid. Like, do we, do we care? We don't need to see Boba Fett as a kid. We don't need to see Darth Vader as a kid. Like it just, they were cool on their own. Like they were fine. You can have that little bit of mystery. You know, especially when you're going to fill in the, the blanks with garbage. Right. You know, like if the story you're going to tell is going to be absolute shit, like why, you know, ugh, ugh. Yeah. Like I just, you know, this is this is kind of the turning point like this and then all the shit in Fusion where she's talking to her commander and stuff like that. Like, I don't need that from yeah. from, from Samus. It's like it's selling past the clothes. Yeah. This awesome thing was awesome, and then they just yeah, you had talking. Me. Yeah, take yes for a fucking answer, <laughs> yeah. Nintendo. Like, you had me. I want to like, jump around and shoot lasers and shit. That's that's what I want. Yeah, it's just, like, it's cool. Like, it was like Metroid, uh, you know, Super Metroid, which, God willing, we'll do at some point, because it's <laughs> this is going to end up like being, like, eventually we do Secret of Mana to try to wipe that sort of mana taste from our mouth. Like, eventually I'm going to have to wipe this... You know, and remember that I like this series. Yeah. Even though, like, how can you say you like a series when you like three games from it? Yeah. Out of out of like you know eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the Mega Man you know, par- parable. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But even like serviceable Mega Man games don't do anything bad to Mega Man. Right. They just don't have very much imagination. Like, a me- like a Mega Man game that would would suck would like you know explain go like I guess they did do that. They got really into uh, uh, the kind of pathos. <laughs> and stuff of them, but this don't. It was unnecessary, yeah, and frustrating. Like this is still, you know, at, least at this point in the game, like it's still a mystery mm-hmm. to you. And I just wanted, like, seeing this first place, I wanted to explore it. Yeah, like I wanted to discover it. I didn't want to have it narrated to me, well, which think, is what happens. I, I think what, but like, like the thing, the thing that bugs me, like you get into these Chozo ruins, and it's it still seem if you didn't know what the Chozo were, um. From, you know, from, from the from the previous games, you know, and I think even in the previous games, they were just these statues that gave you shit. Yep, that's exactly what they were. They were yep. like cool, mysterious statues. One of them comes alive in Super Metroid. Yep, which is no like explanation. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, no explanation at all. Yeah. It's just like these are these. You know, you don't know if they're on your side. You don't know if they're good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just these kind of ancient relics. Right. You know, they were they were the space jockey and aliens. Right. You know, and that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, and that captures the imagination. Yeah. So if it was just this weird alien culture that had no connection to Samus, awesome. Great. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if they weren't, I mean, you know, don't tell tell their story indirectly through their architecture and through the yeah. environments. And then when you tell their story, don't make them like a bland parable for Native Americans. Right. Like, don't, you know, and that's ultimately what, what it ended up feeling like to me. Gary, are the spirits yeah. angry? And the spirits have been angered. <laughs> Uh, the spirits, you've angered the spirits. 
Um, I've, I've told you that before, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, you have. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what you're referencing? Okay. Yes. If you just if you just come up with it, it would be, be crazy. <laughs> I can't remember if I said it on the show. You but, did, you did. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I won't repeat it. Go back and find it, people. <laughs> in, um, in, in those dozens of hours. Yes. Um, hundreds, even. So, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so the, the, the Chozo ruins are neat. However, when you get out of the wilderness and you get into this, where it ostensibly could be architecture, uh, it's a little bit disappointing when it feels like game architecture. Mm-hmm. Like, like everything feels like it was designed to be a video game. And again, spoiled by Dark Souls. Um, yeah. But, why, uh, why are the Chozo designing half pipes? <laughs> like, who, who's like Tony Hawk's Pro Chozos? <laughs> Tony Hawk's Chozo skaters um, that, are, that are they're using all these half pipes. You know? Chozo Hawk would be thing, redundant because they're birds. Yeah, that's true. Uh, to, I guess to, Tony Chozo then would be the. Uh, the um, why? Why? I mean, the, the weird thing is they use them the same way that you end up using them. Yeah, but that's so inconvenient. Like initially, when you're running into life forms on this, it's really cool because they have defense mechanisms, mm-hmm. but they're not trying to fight you. So you like scan these funguses and pods and shit, and they say like when predators get near them, they blow up, <laughs> which is like half the ammo. Of, of creatures in this game, right? <laughs> like they, like they, their entire survival thing is if you get close to them, they blow up, and, and that's it. They're me. all spinal tap drummers, <laughs> like every single one of them. And like, it's pretty crazy that those mm-hmm. those species exist. But it's still neat. Like it's it's viable and everything. And eventually, yeah. you start running into like just kind of little piddling, you know, mosquito damn bat type enemies. Yeah, the wasps. Oh god, the wasps in this area. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, I mean everything is kind of a nuisance to you know to navigation, especially when you don't have all of your abilities yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The um, yeah, so you so you end up at the first uh, the fir- the first bite, uh, boss fight here is the hive mecha, mm-hmm. which is a uh, essentially you got in the notes here a machine that shoots bees at you. <laughs> yep. It's a bezuka, um, yeah, the entire thing, and this boss fight is fairly obnoxious. Like it's not too hard. But you're on like a platform and these things, when they hit you, they knock you back right. a bit. And if you fall off the platform, like say goodnight. Yeah. You know, um, it's really difficult to get back on. It's an area where the where the controls are kind of a bummer, too, because uh, it, as you're trying to rotate left and right, if you have, you know, R2 held, um, you end up strafing. And I found mm-hmm. myself a couple of times strafing off of the platform when I was yep. just trying to aim, which is. Me too. Yeah. Yep. I also wanted a quick turnaround, and oh, yeah. I wanted uh, like a button that let me like look at what just hit me. Oh yeah, because like yeah. something would hit me in the back, and you tur- your turn radius is really slow mm-hmm. in this game. And by the time I turned back to this wasp that just hit me in the back, it was already kind of like spiraling around me. Right. You know, so I mean, it's not too difficult, but it's not a well designed boss fight or anything. Yeah, like it's pretty frustrating. I like this. Um, hmm, what am I thinking of here? I like the collision of these two um, of these two. Uh, what am I thinking? If you're technologies, these civilizations, the space, the space pirates, and the uh, and the Chozo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I, I mean, I, I agree with that. Like, that's a neat idea. I wish both the cultures were more interesting. Right. The idea that you're in a place that has been impacted by both, mm-hmm. and they're kind of layered on top of each other, is an idea with legs. Yeah. You know, as as kind of a framing structural thing but mm-hmm. the actual content of both cultures i couldn't give two fucks about <laughs> yeah. the pirates are more interesting than the chozo but they're yes. not that much more interesting yeah because they're just so. depraved I, yeah I, I, I like that that they're just kind of this force of uh you know and industrialization and evil because yeah. of, because of environment 
Yeah. yeah because environment, because technology bad. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, so, so you get this fight and you get the, uh, is this where you get the missile launcher or the morph ball? Um, yeah, this, this is where you get the missile launcher. Yeah. Yes. Because the, the morph ball, uh, comes later with the Toro fight. Yes. Yep, yep. Yeah. And the, the missiles in this game have a nice, like, uh, you know, sense of impact and everything like that. They like yeah. the weapons in this, uh, in this game for the most part feel pretty good. Right. And look pretty good. Like I like the the way the the imp- sense of impact and stuff with missiles. Yeah, works. the missiles the missiles have a nice um, a nice little uh, um, homing radius mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So that 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 definitely works in their favor. And it, you know, necessary in a three D game. Oh, for sure. You know, that was that's a new thing that was never the case in older Metroids, but mm-hmm. they had to add that in, and that's a nice little bit of design. Yeah. But uh, you you find a map room which is which is nice and it shows you whoa how big this area is mm-hmm. um, and also if you hadn't used the map up to this point you realize holy crap the maps in this game are awesome yeah they're great yeah. it's it's like the way to do three D three D yeah. maps like I essentially want any game that's going to have a map in three D to be this like so. see, seeing it just makes me hate every other map in a three D game like Fallout what what what's what's with your maps Fallout yeah yeah Fallout uh, has that has that has the worst maps yeah. What's interesting too is that it will show some of the secrets, but not all of the secrets. Right. So sometimes you'll see a room and there'll be like a little kind of like little tab on the end of it that you can't quite you know get up to yet. Mm-hmm. And you know that if you get up there, there's going to be a missile, you know, a missile container in there. Yeah. Um, but you can't get to it yet. Yeah. So you can so. really dig into the topography of this. Yeah. What would have been in a in a modern game or in a PC game of this vintage, which would have what would what would have been a uh, like the only thing I would have asked for would be the ability to add notes. Oh yeah, the things because you you know you're going to do a lot of backtracking in this game, and being able to add like you know or if the game just kept notes for you, mm-hmm. like let's say you you saw what like you saw a mysterious little alcove, it had a scannable thing, and then instead of it being um, you know chozo lore or an animal, Samus ju- just was like you know mysterious alcove, and then when right. you highlight that part of the map, you got to see the different notes that were there. Yeah, that would make some of the uh, backtracking and stuff a little bit easier. I would game. I would like an ability to mark a room as unread. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, exactly. because if you go in there, you're kind of like, man, there's a there's a door here that I can't get past, or blah blah blah. And then you leave. The odds of you knowing to come back there, especially if there's nothing on the map showing that there's something beyond it, mm-hmm. um, really really um, rare. And if you yep. leave it unmarked, you would think like, oh, I haven't been there yet. Oh yes, I have. There was just a thing here. Right. The, the game wants you to uh, complete this game in layers where you're visiting every location many, many times, like after every upgrade you get. And uh, you do a little bit of that in earlier Metroids. Like one of the things when I was deciding that I don't particularly like this game I was wrestling with was like, why is this OK in Super Metroid not OK here? Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I've got answers for that, I think. Um, and part of it just has to do with the, the speed with which you can traverse and then how interconnected the world is. I feel like there are more shortcuts Mm-hmm. In in Super Metroid, right. than here, and they make more sense. So yeah. you end up doing a lot of linear backtracking through this, and I don't want to go into every every big set piece room after I get a new power. Yeah, you know. Um, the other I, way the game kind of contact or combat that is sometimes they'll just directly tell you where to go. Yes. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it does that after a certain amount of like if it's if it senses that you're wandering. Yeah. Which is, which is fine. I, I like I like that it's kind of watching you and kind of knows if you need a hand. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't mind rails so long as they're not like you know visible and enforced or too too to visible and too enforced. Right? Did you? Uh, this is a uh, just a, a side tangent. And we'll have to talk about this at length at some point. Have you uh, played any of Bioshock Infinite? Um, I have pl- not not nearly as much as I should. 
do you, I like the uh, the way that that game does its its hints and rail system. Oh, cool. Like, I don't know if you've done it yet, but there's just a button and it just gives you one arrow that points in a direction. Yes. And yes, you can I've press it whenever you want. Mm-hmm. So it's it's never, it's not always there. You get to choose to enact it, but it just says, hey, go this way. Yeah. And that's usually enough. So it's, so. It's, it's, it's akin to Dead Space, but not nearly as, uh, not nearly as um, explicit as Dead yeah. Space. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. So this, you know, you, you, you get this and, you know, it's, it, it kind of, kind of works because you, you, you know, in Metroid fashion, there were areas that you couldn't get to before because of a mysterious, oh, you're, this, this weapon won't open this door. Um, mm-hmm. And then you go back and find those instances and this leads you to, uh, to a, you know, to a Toro fight against a, an armored beetle to get your morph ball. Yep. And the, uh, so the thing with the doors, so like on the map, there are different colors mm-hmm. to show what doors you couldn't have opened before. So I'm, I'm colorblind, which is a thing, which means that, uh, every, I, you know, knowing which doors I had to go back to was frustrating. And then when I got to a door, knowing which of my keys, like this game was a lot of it, especially when I got more beams, you know, those colored doors became like a simulator for like searching, digging through your keys. <laughs> like every time I got through a door, I would shoot it with whatever I had equipped that wouldn't work. Switch through, go through weapons until I found, you know, the right thing that would open it. And like missiles, that takes resources, mm-hmm. you know, to do that. So that got really frustrating to me. And I wish that what the, the elegant solution for this would have been the first time you run into it, it requires a special weapon. After that, it opens with any weapon. Yeah. Or stays open. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that would have made it super easy. But as it was, like every single time I got to a door... I had to fiddle with my keys to uh, to get it get it open. That was really frustrating. That is a really good analogy. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah, even as a even as a uh, prop, how do I properly not be nor- cited? As, how do I not be normative about that? As, as an, an ableist cited? As, as as somebody who is ableist and mean, yes. yeah. as somebody who can see the full spectrum of visible light, um, it bothered me too because it's not like I would forget. But switching weapons is kind of a bear in this game. Yeah, and that's and it's, you do it a lot. Yeah, it just like it all kind of feels the same. So I'd, I would accidentally just switch the wrong thing, or mm-hmm. just you know fire fire a, fire a missile instead of go into you know Powerball mode. Yep. Yeah, and that's something that I think uh, when I think about the differences between this and Super Metroid, I feel like Super Metroid had a more linear uh, uh, upgrade path where like once you got the freeze beam, there was very little reason to switch away from it. Right. Like everything was an empowerment as opposed to a different tool. So this game kind of boils down to a series of like blocks and a series of holes and you just kind of run into a hole. You have to fight, switch to the right block for it. Mm-hmm. And that ends up being a lot of what your, your engagement is and what would like pass for puzzle solving or, you know, challenge in this game is just like, okay, when this guy is in this mode, he's vulnerable to the beam attack. But when he switches to this mode, he's vulnerable to the freeze attack. Better switch and your then, visor because you can't see anything now. Yep, yeah. yeah, and that's stupid. Yeah. Like, has that ever worked? That's the end boss of uh, Chrono Cross. And that <laughs> fuck, this shit pisses me off. Like, the uh, don't do that. It's not interesting. <laughs> like, it's not interesting, game developers. Like, it has to be, it can't just be two things that are equally good, all the other, you know, they're just beams, you know? Um, just having, like, specific, like, having to match A to A is not very fun. Mm-hmm. You know? That's a really frustrating thing. Yeah. Agreed. But, and then you um, add in the color cues. Like, don't do it and then add color cues just to fuck me over further, man. Well, I, I'm glad that we've gotten more enlightened as a, as, as a medium 
Um, mm-hmm. By that, I mean podcasting. Look at how great yeah. we are. <laughs> no, no um, I, I, I like that, you know, there's such a thing as colorblind mode. Um, even as early as like uh, Puzzle League, uh, Tetris Attack, mm-hmm. it's the, uh, it, it's the uh, Lucky Charms thing, right? You put shapes right. and colors together. That's or, why traffic lights look, the, you know, why there's an order to traffic lights. Right. You know, we've had, it's been a thing that's existed in the world for mm-hmm. forever. Right. Um, and I usually don't try to play that. Like, I don't actually feel oppressed as somebody who's colorblind. Like, it it never, you know, it very rarely does it affect me. Right. And that's why it's so irritating. Like, it only affects me when I'm playing video games, really. Yeah. Negatively. Um, well, so. uh, you know, my, my, my somewhat equivalent to that is with my hearing issues. Mm-hmm. Um, a game that doesn't have... Um, um, subtitles or like kind of hides its subtitles or has shitty subtitles like oh thanks i'm I'm gonna miss a majority of this because your mix is bad yeah <laughs> yep, yep. yeah so i don't know we 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 have you know raised those banners um before yeah yours yeah, please i mean yeah yeah i mean and i think i don't think it's a controversial opinion i think most yeah. people think that yeah. and we're playing games of a certain vintage yeah um you know where this kind of stuff is more common but it's still really frustrating and and this yeah. game it fucking you know i was never not able to progress mm-hmm. but everything kind of became this fucking around speaking of physical impairments i thought that the that the way that they implemented the uh um, morph ball would mm-hmm. uh, give me motion sickness, but it didn't. It worked really, oh, it, really well. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah. like, just to, to waffle between, uh, you know, <laughs> heaping praise and and condemning this game, the way they handle the morph ball was like the be- the best and only possible way you could do it mm-hmm. in three D space. Yeah, you know, so it's it's wonderful. It move. It's real. It's real zippy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, like the power ups that you get forward are real are real neat. Um, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, for the most part. But so some, 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 some of them are a little under, underwhelming. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I would find myself going into morph ball mode just to uh, get a better sense of like what was in my immediate surroundings. Mm-hmm. Or yep. if I was just going to be traveling across a flat plane, I would prefer to move around in morph ball mode. Or if you wanted to be snatched up by Velka and taken back to the asylum. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would do that too. It, it was my regular, if I didn't have to jump, right. I would be, I would be a morph ball. It's just yeah. faster and more fun. Yeah. Um, and the game is really smart within their areas that you just kind of move through tracks and the game switches to side scrolling mode Yeah, yeah. for those when you're in a morph ball. And again, real smart. Mm-hmm. Um, you can never fall off. Um, there are a couple of like marble madness style, you know, or monkey ball, I guess would be more accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Style situations where you have to actually stay on a thin platform as the marble. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all fun. Um, you know, and later you run into a log where someone, you know, remarks on how weird it is that you can turn into this thing. Like, <laughs> That's, you know, one quarter your mass and stuff. Like, they just, they handle the morph ball really well. Yeah. Um, which is a kind of a, like, I haven't really thought about it before I played this game, but what a creative power-up that is. Mm-hmm. Like, in the original Metroid, like, good on ya. Yeah. You know, Nintendo R&D 2. <laughs> like, to, you know, to come up with something that that kind of innovative and, and unusual and just kind of surreal. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of gets, like, I don't, I don't know. It, it goes backwards from what you would think, right? Like, most power-ups, you get bigger. But this one, it gives you more, you know, navigation options, mm-hmm. right? You know, being able to get under blocks in the 2D games and then being able to get through these tubes um, in, you know, this game. And, you know, admittedly, those tubes, you're kind of put on the Sonic Adventure tracks for a lot of them. But mm-hmm. uh, but it still feels like a real neat way, and it kind of gets you attuned to looking for them, right? Yeah. It's it's one of the one of the better environmental cues that once you're once you're hip to their frequency, they just kind of rip, flare up and stick out. Yep, I I 100% agree. Now, yeah, but uh, 
you uh, continue and you find uh, uh, one of these areas, a, r- a room that has something that will come up a lot later, which is um, searching for runes within a, uh, within a room to scan them and activate them and open up a door. And I hate this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every you know, the, the, you must uh, scan four runes to to continue, or, or those are poisonous words. Yeah. In this game, when you when you read those, um, they just kind of become treasure hunts. Yeah. In these rooms, like uh, like it turns into Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> um, you know, when you're just searching for the aggro crag, I know that's guts, but bear with me here. <laughs> are you uh, just being intentionally old? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> just, um, yeah, it says uh, like in your and uh, you're just being intentionally old. No, it's more like on the Mary Tyler Moore show. When <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, it just kind of like oh man, I really like it. I really liked it when 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 uh, when, when Metroid walked around on the moon. Yeah, <laughs> like no, it's not the moon. Her name's not Metroid. <laughs> I mean, we should start a like like hopefully a conspiracy theory starts with this that like the uh, that was the moon landing. Oh, I would I would appreciate that. I'm sure there's somebody has probably photoshopped Samus onto the moon. Oh, I thought the, I thought you were ta- I thought you were talking about uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. They sent oh, those no. kids to the moon. <laughs> it was the or same was set. Fake. Yeah, is, yeah, they went to real hidden temples. Um, yeah, yep, and found people styrofoam books and shit. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, it becomes this kind of just search around the room for things. Yeah, um, these are these are pretty obnoxious. Yeah, like what do you even call them? It's not a puzzle. <sighs> Patience tests, patience yeah, gates. Yeah, patience gate was what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you get the charge beam. It's another weapon. It's real. It's really a thing. It's, it's <laughs> nice because it gives you uh, I, something to be doing all the time, like to be always powering up your weapon for when mm-hmm. you run into something, you can one shot it. And it's nice because since missiles are a finite resource, um, you know you're going to be able to have. You're going to want some heavy hitting. Yeah. No shots. I, I just I found myself wanting to do more with my thumb than hold A all the time. Yeah, yeah, which, that's which, true. Yeah, which which so bugged me. So anytime that I had, anytime that I had to charge it, uh, I, I always wondered why can't I just tap A a bunch of times? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. See, see no reason why. I mean, it's that's not how it was any other Metroid game. Mm-hmm. But that's not a good reason not to do it. But yeah, it's it's, it's, for, it's first person. So. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. it still could have worked. Yeah. The incinerator boss. Not much to say here. It's kind of like the 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 hive the the hive drone, um, but uh, I like this one because it seems to be a machine that just exists to piss off wasps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like you get trapped in this room you're not supposed to be in. Yeah, you know, like it has a little bit of that, like being trapped in the uh, the garbage pit thing in Star Wars. Like it's rare that I make a Star Wars reference, but I remember them getting trapped in a garbage pit at some point. <laughs> um, you know, or like being trapped in a. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, like the back of a trash compactor or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, it's kind of neat. Yeah, um, yeah I, I like this, too. Like, it's, it's you know, it's not any great shakes from a design perspective. And again, your your physical mobility is inadequate yeah. to, to avoid taking shots. Yeah, yeah and but, switching switching to and from morph ball mode, which is what they want you to do to get under the beam, it takes mm-hmm. too long. This comes up in yep. a big, 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 yeah, big, yeah, big, 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 big way later. I'm um, glad we're talking about the exact same thing. Yeah, <laughs> with that because I was gonna, I was about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, are like two or two more bigs, but yeah, it do, definitely comes up. Yeah, you don't, you get a little like third person shot of of Samus turning into the morph ball. It's it just, good for it continuity. Yep. It doesn't last too long, but it makes it – you don't dodge that way. Right. And an alternative of this would have been able to be to press the morph ball button while you press a direction mm-hmm. and you dodge into the morph ball. Yeah. Like yeah. you dive that way and turn in the morph ball. 
And that would have taken care of the dodging problem and it would have taken care of this problem. Yeah. So that's that's definitely frustrating. Yeah. There. And so you just tank it. Like you just have to be able to tank it. Yep. Just oh. to just hope you can outlast. You know what you don't have to tank? This What's next that? boss. Flora. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I heard that they outlawed Flavra. Um, <laughs> it's too cruel. Yeah, it's a, a big, uh, big poison uh, plant. Um, this is uh, this is the best boss fight I ran into in the game. Yep, same here. In my playing it, this is my favorite. Um, and it's my favorite, you know, my mem- my big memories of playing this and then look, you know, doing YouTube research bears that out as well. Mm-hmm. That this is this is the best boss fight in the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's um hmm. I, I I really like it because it's one part puzzle boss, one part kind of traditional boss. It kind of feels, you know, like of its era a, mm-hmm. a little bit, especially with the mirrors, you, you know, and especially yeah. with kind of the circular uh, the circular kind of area. So what you're doing is you are, so, so th- this thing is being fueled by the sun. Like the sun is what's keeping this gigantic plant alive. And you are knocking the, 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 the reflector dishes out of the way. Um, mm-hmm. But if you leave it um, unbothered, if you don't keep shooting at it, it will have the wherewithal to knock another mirror back down. And you go through a couple of different waves. So first there are no mirrors. You take it down. Then there's one. Then there's two. Then there's all four. It goes on for a little bit too long. But it's this mm-hmm. awesome kind of spinning plates kind of thing where you are moving from mirror to mirror, keeping it busy with enough small fire to keep it pissed off, and then mm-hmm. knocking the mirrors away so it can, right. so it can go away. And you get uh, nice little hints on the way here. So you get some of the only restrained uh, bits of lore in this where they talk about this plant and how it needs the sun and how it's, mm-hmm. you know, this corrupting force in the water and stuff. So it tells you before you go in that, like, this thing, its relation, you know, it is only going to be, it's invincible while the sun is on it. You know, and it talks about how uh, it's, it has this hard outer carapace and you have to actually get to its root system. Right. Which is how you actually, you know, you roll through little, so it's a nice little mix, too, of uh, the tools you've acquired so far. So right. you you know, a fully charged shot is going to knock the sun out of the way in one hit. And then the uh, you go into the ball and use your bombs down in the, the root system. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Successful. Uh, you know, and, 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 and just like a good Zelda boss, it is, a, it is a way to test you on your knowledge of this thing that you just got. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I was really surprised there wasn't more of this, mm-hmm. uh, both following this and also earlier. Like, I remembered... I don't. I can't say I remember this happening more, but there's very few boss fights in this game that are that, that are tests. Like a lot of them, you have to use the thing you just got, mm-hmm. but you end up using them in ways you're never going to use them again. You know, as opposed to like this is the utility of this item. Yeah. You know. In watching videos of the final boss, like that is kind of the final exam, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, there and- are there are a lot of yeah. You do a lot for that. Yeah. But um, yeah, throughout and like you can see maybe where they're like they're making gestures toward it, mm-hmm. but mm, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But you get through that, you, you you get out of the ruins and you get into kind of the the the, the twin dungeons that you're going to be spending a lot of time passing back and forth through. Um, yeah, Magmore Caverns and the Fendrana Drifts. Yep. Um, both are you know despite the fact that they are cliches, um, cliches in level form. Alf and Pog form. Um, uh, I, I like them. They both have good music. Um, mm-hmm. I like Magmore Caverns less than Fendrana. But, As um, a place or as a music? 
Um, I like both music uh, equally well for both things as a place. I dislike yeah. Magmore. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Fendrana is more interesting visually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that other than Metroid fusion, like Metroid had like a, a proper Metroid game hasn't done right before this. Take that fusion, mm-hmm. but it just, you know, it looks neat and there, there isn't a floor made of lava, yeah. which is a really big frustration, especially when, so we talk a little bit about the health, uh, upgrade system in this game. Um, it's kind of interesting in that every time you get a health upgrade, um, you know, the first time your health literally doubles, right? You know, so they're very empowering. Like each health upgrade starts off being very powerful. It becomes a little bit less noteworthy every time. The kind of frustrating thing is you're not guaranteed any of them. They're hidden items the same way as anything else. Right. So when you beat an item or get a new tool, you've likely unlocked the pathway to one of these health upgrades. But you have to do that that way I was describing, where you're kind of making sweeps over your known areas to find them. There's only a couple times where the game will actually point out, you know, in in and telegraph in any kind of way like this where a health mm-hmm. upgrade would be or is. And I feel like that being a little bit more obvious uh probably would have been to the game's benefit. Yes. Um and it really kind of like fucks you, especially like when you get into these areas and you don't have that convenient uh safe spot to go back to. Um Yeah. You, you know, you the, there are long stretches of this game where you can just run out of health. Because yeah. there's no save room, or you know, health you know, health drops are just really, really few and far between. Which way, did, way more rare than they've been in any other Metroid game, right? You know, other Metroid games, the way they handle this, uh, you know, there's no store system, there's no way to restore health. Very frequently in old Metroid games, there would be pipes or lava pits that very weak enemies would fly out of continuously. Mm-hmm. Every Metroid game up to this point does that, um, and the point of those is to stand there and resupply. Right. You know, it's like a slow way of getting your stuff stuff back down mm-hmm. or get back up. And they were really uh, intentionally placed as in, in between, you know, either like before bosses or after bosses, which is mm-hmm. a big one in this game. And then uh, or between save points. So you can always kind of get yourself back. Not the case here. And enemy like rooms oftentimes would be very sparse as far as enemies. Like you go into right. a room and there'd be maybe like five enemies and maybe two of them will drop a health pickup. You know, yeah. uh, inadequate, like really inadequate ability to kind of stay alive and, and maintain your vitality here. There are respawning crates um, that have, uh, you know, health and health and weapon pickups in them. However, uh, they don't. Re- I, I, I never had them respond when I went just one room over. Right. So it exactly. Was like you couldn't uh, just, you know, go go out, come back in, go out, come back in, which is good for realism or continuity. It's not good when you're like making a game and you are running around with 10 health and you think I might as well just fling myself into the lava because yep. I, like, <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no way I can avoid getting hit because my defensive vocabulary is so limited. Yeah. Um, the one with the way they try to ameliorate this is that your charge beam actually attracts items to you, right. which, is, again, is something like a design decision that had to be made for 3D. I can't shoot an enemy over a pit and then be forced to like jump into the pit right. to get the thing. Um, but it doesn't make up for it. Yeah. So the drop rate should have been either more enemies in the room because a lot of this area, especially Magmar Caverns is very sparse Right. as far as like what you're fighting in each room. Like they're more navigational hazards than anything. Yeah. They're like, there's one enemy that is literally just a platform that flips over. Yeah. 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 
yeah. or which I kind of like those things. The design of that thing is pretty appealing to yeah, me. Super it's pretty goofy. Gross. Yeah. yeah. Um, or like puffs that float over a platform that exists solely to explode, knock you into the lava, and then make that platform poisonous so you can't jump back onto it. Right. And, or make it so when you first get into the room, you just have to spend forever shooting everything. Yes. And stuff, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I really like the music. Uh, it's, it, it feels like a, like an orchestrated classic NES tune. It has a really mm-hmm. tight loop to it. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a lot of like bass and drum to it. sounds like in the hall of the mountain king a little bit really mm-hmm. yeah and um you're not here to like you're not going to spend very much time here in magmore no. like initially like you're kind of on your way to uh vendrana and they are they're connected directly in multiple places <laughs> which makes no sense it makes it makes no sense and you uh to go between them you you take an elevator um that has a long cutscene associated with it and the way you activate the elevator is by touching this hologram and God help you if you accidentally touch it after moving, you know, a couple spaces back into an accident. Yeah. Then you're watching that cutscene twice more. And it's yeah. unskippable. Every elevator. Yeah. Yep. And they're they're masking, like you mentioned earlier, they're masking loading times. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's frustrating because that's you know that's something that the you remember how many times you take an elevator in Super Metroid. Right. It's a pretty rare occurrence. And when you got to an area, you were spending some time there. Right. Like okay, I'm camped out in uh, um, Brinstar for a while and I'm going to spend some time in Brinstar. Um, not the case here. You're going back and forth constantly between all this shit. Yeah, it's a real big bummer. Yep, yep. But, uh, yeah. But Good you- music, though, when you get to the drifts. We, we, when we when we did the uh, what was it the video game music episode or was it the winter or not the winter the the ice level episode we had a ice bunch of people yeah the ice level episode we had a bunch of people write in uh, raving about Fendrana myths uh, or uh, drifts and um, you know Fendrana myths myths is the uh, the romance novel that you're working on yes because <laughs> yeah. I like this music so much I was yeah. so turned on by the moody synth mm-hmm. um, moody synth is the main character of Fendrana myths. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's a private eye. Yeah. He's seen too much. <laughs> seen, um, the woman of his dreams is frozen. Um, but uh, I've seen too much. Oh shit! Well, that sucked. I was trying to change it. There we go. <laughs> I was trying to switch it to a synth tone and apply it. Uh, that's fine. But um, no, no, we put it in. And I was kind of like, oh, that's neat. But when you're running around it, you hear, uh, I think, at least two versions of it. The boss, the the. The boss music that is over the worst boss that I've ever played, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the regular one, which is which is real neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. Agreed. Agreed. Um, there's a cool little bit. There's some enemies here that are kind of these floating, uh, non-violent sphere, electrical sphere things. Yeah, like They're bamboos. Not, uh... Say what? Bamboos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Bamboos. Why did you say it like that? It's, it sounds like a, like a anime Japanese name. Bamboo. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just really, uh, <laughs> Bamba Chew. 
Yep. Um, these bamboo things, which have a cool like electrical interference effect on your visor. Yeah. Which is neat. And they're attracted when you start charging, mm-hmm. which is cool, too. So if you're like me and you've been charging before you enter every room, these things bum rush you. Yeah. And you don't you like you can't take them out at this point because you don't have the wave beam. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you get through here and uh, you, you don't know it, but you're kind of uh, headed to get the uh, the the boost ball, um, mm-hmm. which turns you into Sonic. Yeah. You got to go fast at this point. <laughs> yes. Um, it, I like the boost ball though a oh, lot so because I, since I've been traversing mostly in ball form, um, and because it, you know, if I am trying to dodge, like this is one of the only ways that you can move with any alacrity in the game. Right. You know. So. Yeah. So you you, you go into ball form, you charge it up, and then you just mm-hmm. pick up a bunch of rings. Yep. Yeah. Um, but uh, this lets you kind of backtrack. It's it's one of the first times where where it overtly right when you pick something up puts the uh, puts the alert on and says like Hey, there's this thing in a place. Yeah, um, and go all ha- the way back. There. Go all the way back through everything that you've seen in this game to this point. Yeah, why? Like sometimes every once in a while they'll add new threats between where you're at and where you need to go. Yeah. It doesn't happen that often though. It's mostly this is just kind of an annoyance. Like I think they're trying to enforce that like. Hey, if you haven't gone to these rooms in a while with this new toy box, check mm-hmm. it out. Yeah. But I usually I was just trying to get there. You know, I was just like, I want to get to the thing it's telling me to get to. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I would have had a better experience with this game. And and we would have better experiences with these games we do for the show if we never played for a deadline. Yeah. I think that's always true. But, but it wasn't just that. It also just had to be with my my biological clock deadline of patience. Right, right. You know, got to beat Metroid Prime so I can have a baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, even if, if I wasn't playing it for a deadline, I would still just want to, you know, I don't really want to fuck around with this right now. Yeah. Like, if I'm feeling underpowered, I'll go back through this at the end. Like, just let me get to the next next point or go through a new area to get to the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, if you're if they did it like Eco you know uh, the, yeah. and and just made it so like oh you're 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 going back through something that is familiar and you can see the place where you were before and maybe there's a shortcut back down to it mm-hmm. but don't just yeah. like make me go through the same thing in reverse not only like that but in a 3D space that like even though it looks neat initially um is not designed to make it obvious when you're headed in one direction or the other yeah. where it's easy to get turned around where you're spending a lot of time finding your heading in the 3D map so you know which door to go through Yep. Yep. Constantly look at the map and be like, okay, I need to go to the rightmost door. Yes. Um, you know, there, there could have just been more verticality. These things could have been stacked on each other a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, it, this has become a perennial example for everything in my life, but like <laughs> Dark Souls does a big interconnected world perfectly. Right. You know, and at the point it stops, it gives you a teleport function, mm-hmm. you know, and this game needs something like that. It needs like warp, warp stations. Yep. Like, you know, you have Any, this this crazy there, technology. There are none. There are no warp stations. Yeah, that would have been – I'm not saying that's on Metroid standby. Like, I understand why. But they could have added it. You know, just something that lets me go from one end of the map to the other without trekking my way back. Yeah. You move too slow for that shit. Yeah. You know? And, like, the health pickup issue, like, you could be hurting on your way back there. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of reasons not to do it this way. And I think – I really think it was them trying to make you revisit these areas with new shit to look for yeah. these missile containers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you go back to your ship and it's neat because like, Hey, I know this place. Um, Mm -hmm. and you get the sense that this is going to be like a nexus of a, you know, to a certain extent. Um, and you get the space jump boots, which as opposed to making it so you can jump infinitely, uh, gives you a double jump, which is still real neat in a first person game. Yeah. It's fun. And it it helps you a lot. Yeah. 
So like I, I found myself instead of trying to, cause there are many times we haven't really talked about the platforming sections of this, uh, of this game yet. There's like a, a big tower full of wasps in the early area where you have to kind of uh, climb it. And as much of the platforming in this game is better than you might think mm-hmm. for, for a 3d Metroid game, it's still pretty easy to fall short of a jump. Yeah. You have no sense of your feet. Yeah, you know, at all, which is always true for platforming in, third, in first-person games, but that's why people don't do it. Right. You know, like, uh, in general, like, it's a bad idea and most people won't do it. Giving you the double jump helps a huge amount. Yeah. You know, because I just, I felt very comfortable with the jump length of the double jump. Mm-hmm. And I can overshoot my jumps. Like, I can, like, okay, I'm going to aim for the wall behind the sledge because, like, I know I can make it. And if I fall short, it's no big deal. Right. With a double jump. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you were walking around charging all the time. I was just double jumping everywhere. I did once I got the double jump. Okay. But you can do both, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. because your right thumb can never sit still. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and this this replaced my zipping around in the morph ball all the time now that I could jump. Yeah. So. So you get this and then it's all the way back to Fendrana. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to get the wave it, beam. Good going, game designers. <laughs> like again, really. I mean, you know, and what they want you to do is now you have the double jump, so you're going to get to higher platforms on your way back. Like I get it, but it's still not what I did, and it's frustrating. Yeah, um, yeah. So you head back, and you're fighting these uh, Shegoths, which that's the name of a thing already, right? <laughs> I'm not sure. Like a, a Shegoth. Um, I'm thinking maybe Shagoths are a thing. That's what it looks like a little bit, but I think a Shegoth is something as well. Uh, the entire the entire first page of Google is uh, Metroid. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it just sounds a lot like something, or maybe I'm just thinking Shagath. Yeah. But uh, you fight these uh, kind of you know uh, monsters that can only be heard in the back. Their their backs are uh, these kind of crystal formations, mm-hmm. which look kind of cool. Like it's satisfying when you shoot them and they shatter, and you can kind of shoot at their soft innards. Yeah. At that point. They're they're also obviously babies. The scan visor tells you as much. Yeah. Um, and uh, you, know, you, you eventually fight their mama, uh, who mm-hmm. is really pissed at you for the things that you've done. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a neat fight. Um, mm-hmm. I don't mind it too much. Initially, I was kind of annoyed at it. But uh, in light of later events, it didn't feel half bad. Yeah, it's not, um, it's, it's not the worst. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's not too bad at all. Yeah. It, it really enforces missile use because uh, any kind of energy beam, you know, charges it up. Mm-hmm. And, uh uh, I forget. Did you have the super missile at this point? No, you did not. No, yeah, you no, don't get that until yeah. a little yeah. later. So you just have to. Uh, it gets it gets winded when it does its fi- when it does its ice breath. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you get the wave beam, which looks mm-hmm. neat, but there's almost no discernible use for it. It just it's <laughs> it's just a key. Yep. It's just another flavor of the beam you already have. Yeah. That can unlock different doors and kill some certain enemies that can't be killed by others. It's not a power upgrade. It doesn't hit more things. So the wave beam in previous Metroids had a wider kind of area of effect. Right. You know, so there was a reason to use it. And I feel like it did more damage. It went through you walls know? too, right? Um, I can't. I don't remember that. Yeah. That may be the case though. But anyway, so it, it's annoying. It's 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 uh, symptomatic of like the just give yourself more tools that are not, you know, that don't have utility. It's mm-hmm. just another key. You know, it's as good as any other key. Right. In the game. It just unlocks different doors pretty much so and there's also yeah. this weird like yeah, charging it up does a different thing but nothing different to as, oh yeah. you, that's not quite true i don't think oh so i think i think the the this uh this wave beam will um uh stun the pirates 
Oh, okay. if you give them the charge version of it. So the initial version is the same. So that's frustrating. But the charge version, I think, will stun the pirates. I think the reason why you don't actually find that out for the while is that most enemies will die from one shot of it charged. Oh, yeah. At this point. So pirate, this is useful for Metroids and for pirates later. Okay. Pirates now, because you go yeah, to, yeah, the, fin, you go to yeah. the Fendrana um, uh, research station, which uh, you, you, fight the, you, you start fighting pirates, and this turns into a shooter, which it shouldn't be at all, ever. Yeah. This was a real cool environmental thing for me. Like, I like the idea of being like, oh, this is, oh, shit. Like, this is a, an active research station mm-hmm. that these guys are still doing. You know, they're still here. I like that, but it becomes real enemy heavy. And, like, we, I was just bemoaning the lack of enemies in the <laughs> game before this. Like, I don't really know where the media, like, where the happy medium is for this. Like, I know, I hope I don't, you know, come off as just like I could never be satisfied for anything. Like, if I was giving this developer notes, they would probably be furious with me. But <laughs> whatever that balance is, I don't think they found it. Right. You know, whatever the, the mix between the two things. Because this is really, like, really frustrating. You're getting attacked from other sides where you don't have the kind of mobility to to cover your flanks or yeah. cover behind you. Um, and you're being attacked from all angles. Yeah. You know, above and below. And you just don't have the verb set to, to make use of that. Yeah. Well, you, you you don't like it's not the number of them. Like they're like there are plenty of them, but they're sapient. They're like dodging mm-hmm. and moving and jumping up around. They have much more mobility than you have. Yeah. And it's just it, they, they they take a ton of hits. It's just kind mm-hmm. of like they 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 went from you know a room a room full of like you know toddlers to like a bunch of like teenagers with bats who like yeah. are coming after you. Yep, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cole reveals an anxiety that he has. <laughs> Get out of the way, old man. <laughs> yeah. I may be old, but I'm not scared of teenagers with bats. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I used this a couple of times um, in the notes here. I wrote, Space Pirates can go fuck off in hell. I think I wrote yeah. it one more time later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, other things can, 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 can fuck off in hell. Yeah. These things, yeah, I mean... I don't know a way that like because the things the things you're ascribing to them are positives for enemies in video games, right? Like being able to be being sentient, being able to move out of the way. Those are things I like in most video games. Why don't we like it here? It, okay, so so let, let let me let me elaborate on this a little bit. The the environment is neat. I like I like the idea and concept. However, the way that they executed it was uh, to make like to go from these awesome you know ruin environments and things like that to something that feels like a sci fi shooter. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was it was such an abrupt tonal break that it reset my expectation, and mm-hmm. it, it, came, it came up wanting for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I just think it's important to articulate it. Yeah, you know. Um, when yeah. It, so you're starting. This is, um, I mean, as good a time as any to talk about it because you're running into kind of the positive side of this game's log problem, right? Here, because um, you're getting a lot of research logs, like. Everything, you know, almost every console, every monitor in the area is scannable mm-hmm. in this area. And, you know, you're going out of your way to scan. You wait a couple of seconds for it to boot up. Um, sometimes you get little interesting bits of, of, like, you know, pirate stuff. And like you said, you know, it portrays them as just kind of being ruthless and stuff. And that, that's fine. Like, some of it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of it isn't, even with right. the pirates. Like, a lot of it is boring and a problem. So I was thinking a lot about, like, logs in video games. Like, we both like those. Right. I'm not as, uh, as you know, uh, enchanted by them as you are. 
we both like those things. So the difference between the logs in this and the logs in Resident Evil 2 or uh, like a Bioshock or something like that is there's no voice, right? Like everything is written in this passive, detached, like reading a dictionary style voice, mm-hmm. you know, because they're science logs and that's what they should be. But the the consequence of that is you learn nothing about the people who did them other than just like dry facts about what they're doing. Like they're ruthless. That's all we know. That's a real two-dimensional characterization of them, you know? Like, I would much rather have had, like, you know, space pirate Bob talking about meeting his girlfriend after doing this Metroid test rather than just, like, tested the third subject, found that we could not weaponize it, would be much better to harness, you know? And it just, it's bland. It's bland Mm -hmm. as shit, and it tells us nothing. Like, the fun of getting into these, like, being dropped in these worlds is, like, it feeling like a world. And neither of these races felt like anything. You know, they were very two-dimensional. The most interesting thing that they do is comment that Samus is scary. Yeah. Yeah, which I like. But it's not personal then. It's just like, we must fear the the hunter. Right. Like, again, space pirate Bob saying, like, <laughs> you know, I told my – I confessed to my commanding officer that I was anxious that the hunter might come and break in during our research. He demoted me in, in front of – you know, made fun of me in front of the troops but later confided that he was scared too. Right. Bam, I just wrote something better than any writing in this game. <laughs> like, I'm not, I mean, it sounds braggy, but I'm not kidding. Like, something that's like a, a detail, like what you can do in these situations, like you have an alien civilization. I want alien and I want civilization yep. in equal parts. <laughs> alien would be details that I can't relate to. Mm-hmm. Like, neat little things that, oh, cool, they do this because they're this. Mm-hmm. You know, none of that other than the fact that they're loggers. Like, they're Captain Planet villains. And then you want civilization, like, you want people. You know, I want people stories and I want weird things that differentiate these from just like cartoon bad guys and you get none of it. Right. And same thing with the fucking Chozo. They're just like wise uh, pro-environmental spiritualists, mm-hmm. you know, and you you've never there's no characters among them. Um, there's nothing like neat and alien that they do other than build half pipes everywhere, um, <laughs> you know, and that's never explained. And the characters even make fun of it. Like, you know, it's a, I mean, it's really a failure on every level. Like the logs in this game, other than the environmental ones, because then the voice makes sense. Like Samus is cataloging alien life. Right. That's when that voice should be there. If you're finding something that someone else has written, it needs to have a voice to it Mm -hmm. or it is terrible writing. Right. You know, and it it made me fatigue the shit out of me. I was so sick of scanning things in here that like I was just like I stopped doing it. And I then I was like, I I don't care about the fucking grand macro plot Mm -hmm. in this. Yeah. Definitely fatigue is the right word for it. I, I I did fall off on being, you know, as as I realized I needed to see more of this game and not, you know, the scientific logs. Um, I, I realized that, you know, there, there are ones that are more important. They are marked in red. Um, and I, I, I'm trying to figure out if that was done for expedience, just kind of like, hey, this differentiates them. Or if they just knew that if it, that people would get pissed off trying to find the one that activated the way forward. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know, man. But it's just the game, like, it needed better writers. Yeah. Like, just better people should have been, the people who actually put this text into to play needed to step it up, man. Yeah. No, I, I can't disagree. I think you articulated that better than I could have. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah frustrating. And, but then they show you a Metroid, and it's like, cool, Metroids. I like Metroids. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Please bring them back. <laughs> and you can see inside yeah. them, they have, these, they, have, they have these weird little organelles inside. It's really cool. Yeah, they cool. look badass as shit. Yeah. Like, I love the design of this monster. It's, like, probably my favorite Nintendo monster design or enemy design. Mm-hmm. 
that they've ever done. Like, I love the look of these things. Yeah. I named my band after them. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, I love, I love Metroids. Like, they're great. Yeah. Um, it's an awesome little, uh, you know, cut scene because you walk in, it's kind of like, oh, no. And then you see it. And then mm-hmm. you scan it. It tells you stuff you already know. They're energy vampires, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Um, and as you finish scanning it, it breaks out. And, oh, shit, yep. it's coming right at my face. Yep, yep. And it's cool, too, because they're not as you know deadly as they are in later games like you can get it off pretty easily yeah you kind of have to know the way that you got him off in previous games right to get it off here um and then when you found the research things that were specifically about metroids some of those were interesting because they mimicked like your your nature logging so like the mm-hmm. one where it talks about they don't know how it siphons energy like it's connected to their mandibles mandibles but they're not right. accepting they're not uh absorbing blood or any other vital fluid Mm-hmm. Like that was really cool. Like I was, yeah. I was into that. Like I want to learn more about these creatures. Right. You know, it fits the tone, but I loved running into them. And then you run into more, like you run, you run into one and then you're like, Oh shit, they have a lot. They, 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 they have caught a bunch of them. There yeah. are a lot of Metroids here more than, more than there ought to be. Um, yeah. and it's real cool because you're fighting, you're fighting these space pirates in these, um, you know, sci-fi environments. But if a spare if a, if a stray missile hits one of these tubes, out comes a Metroid. And this mm-hmm. Metroid, you know, might not come for you. In fact, it'll likely latch on to a space pirate. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. Like great, great little like mi- micro cutscenes that you're kind of making happen, you know, like just little tiny mini stories. Yeah. Um, when do the lights go on and off and you have to use the, the thermal visor? It's after you get the thermal visor, actually. Okay. So, so you're making this run, you know, down, down into this, uh, you know, golden eye control room. Um, and, uh, uh, at the bottom, you know, you're, you're doing another rune hunt, damn it. Trying to, yeah. uh, trying to deactivate the shield around this thing. Um, and it's the first, uh, utility, uh, visor that you get that, you, you know, really shows you a different view of the world aside from giving you, um, you know, scan ability, right? So you yeah, get that, right. the lights go out and then you go, then you go into predator vision in, in order to get back out. Yeah. It looks like a, like an arcade in the eighties. Like on your way back out with like the, the barely glowing lights and the, um, you know, it kind of looks ravey and, and neat. Like visually, I like this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was frustrating to make my way back out with this thing because it's a it's a real gauntlet. Yeah, this was one of those times where I really wish that there was a there was another checkpoint because I ended up dying a lot because I'm bad at this game. Um, mm-hmm. and I would like, I would find myself, okay, trekking from the save station all the way down to the bottom and then getting most of the way back up and then dying and then yeah. having to do the whole thing again. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, um, there, there's, there's no room for barbaric checkpointing in this world. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, and that's something to be fair, like has gone out of style. Oh yeah. Like this kind of save pointing, you know, I don't know how the third one was, but it probably is, is a little bit more forgiving mm-hmm. in that way, just because it's not fun to do things over and over. Right. You know, like a lot of the time, like if you don't, if you know, you have to feel like you're doing something wrong and you want to try new things mm-hmm. and uh, that never feels like that because everything is a battle of attrition. Yeah. Speaking of battles of attrition, uh, yeah. speaking <laughs> of ways they should use the heat visor, um, not the heat. Oh, sorry. I've got a thermal visor. Yeah. The, oh yeah. The third, the thermal visor. I've got a thunderstorm happening here. So it's atmospheric and spooky. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, listening to it. It's making me jealous. Like I, that doesn't really happen in Portland and I miss it. Oh yeah. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah. No, I like this. It'll, it'll be good sleeping tonight. So I apologize yeah. audience. If you hear thunder, I also apologize if the power goes out and we lose this episode and um, retro apologizes for Thardis. <laughs> yeah, the, the, this the, is the, this is the other time that i wrote fuck this fool in hell forever yeah this is a really obnoxious boss fight and it's the first point when i was able to articulate and realize like i can't do anything to avoid taking hits right 
in this because you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Like he, so he has a weak point that can only be seen with the X-ray visor. Okay, fine. When you do enough damage to it, it overloads your X-ray visor. Yeah, because no. it exposes it exposes the phason that is powering them. Um, and so you have to switch, which it's it's awesome when you have to take your thumb off of the only stick that moves you in order to like remember which direction you need, you need to hit to see again. Yeah, which you know again frustrating, and you're just constantly toggling it back and forth. Frustrating. The uh, so you have to do enough damage to his exposed little phase on bit. He's kind of a big collection of rocks. Like we didn't talk about him, but he's a bunch of yeah. kind of like loosely held together rocks. Cool concept. It's a cool concept. It doesn't look very Metroidy to me. Right. Like it's not organic. It's not an alien life form. It's just kind of like a big rock. Yeah. Um, so I like the idea of like a sentient pile of rocks, just fine. Um, so he has a special exposed area. You have to do enough damage to that. The problem being is that like he curls up into a ball and rolls at you. Um, then there's nothing to be done about it. Right. Like you can't. The, the dodge doesn't move. Turning into a ball, like he will hit you while you're doing the animation to turn into a morph ball. And then sometimes you're in the morph ball running away. He could be coming up from your blind spot. You don't know. You'll that. never know it. You know. Yeah, you have no way to keep track of where he is. Like even sound because your cues. fucking radar goes away. <laughs> yeah. Why does your radar go away in an ice storm? Like that's the whole point of it. You don't need to see. Or like when your X-ray vision goes away. Like it. Like why is your radar overloaded? Yep. <laughs> like that was the whole like their their compensation for you not being able to see your environment was that you had this like kind of shitty radar in the upper left. Mm-hmm. And this is the one of the few times it'd be useful and it doesn't work. Right. Why? Yeah. Well, they they they, they want you to, to to boost out of the way. That's that that's the way this encounter was designed. It even tells mm-hmm. you that. It tells you yeah. in the tooltip if you die over and over again, like I fucking did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm so angry. The skies are opening. Um, no, so so it's uh, yeah, it, it it gets you. Mm, yeah, I, I found that I was able to once once I recognized his tell, like his animation. He telegraphs it a little bit, not enough, mm. but he telegraphs it. Like you take less damage when you're in morph ball mode, so that saves you a little bit. But yeah. uh, forget charging up and getting out of the way in time. Yeah, or yeah. dodging. So, yeah, you're still gonna get hit. You're still yeah. not gonna be able to dodge. Um, and I would, you just move so slow. Like I would try, I would lock, I would be locked onto him and then just try to strafe jump out of the way. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that should be fast enough, but I'd always get clipped. Yeah. Like every single time. Yeah. Um, really frustrating boss. Took me several tries. Um, after you beat him, I also have died after beating him because there's not a save. You have to go back to backtrack to the save point you're at. Um, because if you can push forward, there's not a save point for a while. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Save points before and after bosses, yeah. or like in a room adjacent to bosses. The, oh, the like, big, the big fuck you for this. Like, okay, you think, okay, I beat this boss. I it took me sixteen tries. Um, I better get back to a save point. You you go to run back, and yeah. guess who? Guess who's in that area? Fucking yeah. space pirates, the missile yep. ones with rocket yep. boots, and the <laughs> missile ones that. In a kind of a, a thing, I kind of like is that when you kill them, they crash. Try to crash land into you. Yes, which I kind of like that as a thing. But if it kills you on your way back after killing Thardis, like fuck it. <laughs> but I, I like it as an idea that they're like with their last dying action, they're trying to crash into you. This this was a day of me playing this game. Yeah, it's fucking like, ridiculous. It was like, a session of me sitting down and trying to do it over and over again, and then getting fed up. Yeah. And going to play something that wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. That happened to me several times. Yeah. Like I was just like, I, I need to not be playing Metroid prime right now, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like, let's go play a game like the, you know, a better game. And then, uh, when you beat it, you get an item, you get the spider ball, which is just like, so in Metroid games, 
something that uh, Metroidvania, the good Metroidvanias, disguise their items that are just the keys as uh, behind better utility. So, like, you get the um, double jump, which, like, yes, it's going to allow you to get to higher platforms, but it also makes it more fun to move around and gives you other things. Like, you get the freeze beam, which maybe you need to freeze an enemy to use them as a platform, but you also can stun regular enemies. Like, everything should have a utility on top of it just allowing you to get to a new area, right? Because then it doesn't feel like you're just doom collecting keys. Right. And this item is just collecting keys. You're never going to use it for anything. They put like this really fucking frustrating boss behind a really disempowering item. Right. That all it is is like, hey, if you want to, you can go back to all the times you saw these tracks <laughs> and use this thing on them. Yeah. You know? <sighs> terrible. Yeah. Like, ter- you know, terrible boss, terrible reward for it. Like, yeah, and this was this was the uh, <laughs> no. When you first fought Space Pirates, that was the end of my love affair with the game. But this really was just kind of like, yeah, I, I the the wind is now out of my sails. Yeah, this is this is where I was frustrated. This is where I was frustrated. I didn't get too much further than this. Right. Um, you had to backtrack again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the lucky thing is, like, now you have this and you have the double jump, so maybe it's worth kind of digging around. Yes. Yes. Some of this stuff. And, and the nice part about this backtracking is that it gets you into some areas that you hadn't been in before. So you mm-hmm. find you find the map for the for the Chozo ruins, and it reveals a lot. But there's more to it than than, than you can see. And you know, for the re- for the rest of your time, kind of in this part of the game, you're you're kind of going into the like like you're in the steam tunnels, right? Right. Which All is right. which is neat. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, seeing the ways that they're that, that that they're connected like this, and you're getting kind of access to the inner sanctum of the of uh, you know the Chosa society. Also neat. Um, yes, if if I didn't know anything about it, yes. like just seeing. <laughs> imagine, man, cool. I mean, I hate to harp on this point, but imagine <laughs> if you just like found this like hidden back way and we're just going through it. Like, how uh-huh. cool would that feel if you didn't know anything about these things? Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit, they built this whole like elaborate infrastructure. Yep. Under the planet with all these moving parts and, and cool things. Like, it would be awesome. Yep. You know, like, they could, you could literally just ROM hack this and take away all of the Chozo logs. <laughs> and it would be a better game for it. Like, yeah. it's not just adding nothing. Like, it's 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 detracting from it. And I can hear the list. I mean, I, okay, I don't want to say those damn listeners. I can yeah. hear somebody out there who really likes this game. And I'm sorry, a lot of our commenters are really positive on it. And we, and we, we appreciate the sentiment. And even I, like, you know, when I was texting to you at first, Gary, I was like, yeah. I, I think I really like this game a lot. Yeah. Um, it just it, it, it wore out its welcome. But I, I can hear people saying that, you know, you don't have to read them. But you do. Yeah, you do a lot of the time. And you do have to read them a lot of the time. If, you know, if the argument is if you don't like them, you can ignore them. Um, mm-hmm. Like a lot of times, like one, you can't because they give you important hints sometimes. Like the, just the, the chaff to, to wheat ratio is terrible. Right. In these things, you know, and the wheat is not presented in an interesting way. So knowing, you know, hidden among like, a, you know, 20 different of these little log things was the neat hint on how to kill Flogra. You know, <laughs> um, that hint was useful. I liked mm-hmm. reading it, you know, but it's just hidden behind a bunch of garbage. Right. And the, uh, uh, you know, and again, and I don't mean any disrespect to anybody who likes this game. You know, I loved it a lot when I came when it came out. It's just it's sad for me that something I really liked. Uh, you know, has turned into such a ball kicker. Right. You know? Um, so, so you see some serious uh, technology that they have. They have these, like, crazy Byzantine machines and stuff. And you run into a real fucking obnoxious enemy. Uh, that's a, the Chozo <laughs> Ghost. So much. 
And I here's the it. thing. I hate it too. And you have to come back to this area again and again. Mm-hmm. And every time there's there more. are, there's more of these. Like, come on, man. And they, they, their whole thing is they teleport around. They're going to get behind you. Guess who can't turn around? <laughs> like, can you imagine if zombies teleported in, in Resident Evil? Like, your your efficacy as far as like mobility is not that much greater than like a mm-hmm. Resident Evil game. Yeah, they also you know? they have attacks that can like short out your visor. Again, kind of neat. I liked it when that other enemy did it. However, like as you try and recover from that, it only leaves you enough time to get like a shot in before they yeah. teleport away. Yeah, yep. This should have been a boss. Like, he would have been an annoying boss, but this should not be a regular enemy you're going to run into again and again. Right. You know, no, no, no way. No way. No way, no how. No way, no how. Luckily, so again, and the way this game kind of like dangles these Metroid carrots in front of me, like Mm -hmm. after this, you get the ice beam, which is always my favorite weapon in Metroid games. Um, It looks real cool in here when you're charging it up, like ice builds up on the front of your gun. (laughs) Looks neat. Yep. Um, you know, but I didn't end up using it very much because very, you know, pretty shortly after this, I quit. Right. It, so. it, it, it's counterbalanced. It's really powerful, but it doesn't have a very high rate of fire. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. Uh, the, the, I, I like that. I like that there, that there are benefits and drawbacks to it. There, it's a little bit more differentiated than the, than the phase beam or whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me, here's a little bedtime reading for you, Cole. Let, let me tell you the, uh, the, the terrible thing I did. Oh, so no. after you, uh, when you get the ice beam, the game tells you, Hey, go back to Fendrana mist and get this gravity thing. And I was like, ah, ah, fuck you. I don't really feel like walking my way back there right now. Mm-hmm. Cause you're just making me go back and forth. I'm going to check out this crashed frigate thing. That's right next to me. Oh, right. No. Yeah, man. So you go, you check out this, this frigate thing, which you're supposed to go to later. But the game makes it available to you right now. Mm-hmm. It's a huge column, like an underwater column that you have to navigate your way back down. You get down there. The game literally gives you a message that says you cannot impede because of the environment. You need the gravity suit or something to that effect. So you have to do the slow motion precision platforming up like a vertical mile <laughs> to, to get out of here. And one fuck up sends you all the way back down to the bottom. Like the points in the water area in Super Metroid when you get in there before you're supposed to, like it stops you from getting to areas you like one big long area that you can constantly fuck up. Like, yes, mm-hmm. you can sneak your way in there, but you kind of poke your way in before you get the gravity suit. Right. You're limited in what you can do. They give you gates earlier on. This lets you get significantly deep into it and punishes you for not following their like diegetically unsound, <laughs> you know, navying, mm-hmm. you know. Um, fucking infuriating, man. See, I'm not, I'm not even certain why the gravity suit lets you see better in water. There's no, it's just an upgrade. It carries uh, an upgrade to your visor. Yeah. Eh, it's no. and seeing that was a problem, but like, I was kind of, I was on board for like, oh, I can't see shit very well. That's kind of neat. Yeah. You know, I was on board for that as a thing. I just wanted to be able to jump high enough to get over this like wall of rubble mm-hmm. that's down there. And you can't, you, it right. just doesn't let you do it. Um, so fucking frustrating. Yeah, like and like the the platform is really unforgiving. They're really small little floating platforms in this like column. Well, that's ups- that's upsetting because be- because that like in this game about exploration, they're saying fuck you for exploring. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, totally, totally. And like trying like poking my way into an area they want me to go, but a little bit early. You know, shouldn't be that big of a punishment, right? You know, um. Yeah, really frustrating. Yeah. And like that climb back up, like that's when I knew I wasn't going to finish this. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, I, I budgeted enough time to do it. It was last Friday before I was leaving town. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. Right. Like I'm just, I'm not having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not, you know, I'm not getting paid to beat this game. You know, <laughs> like I feel an, an urge to do it for the show, mm-hmm. but I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm not going you to know? lose sleep. Yeah, totally. Like yeah. I'm not going to, there's no reason for me to be unhappy <laughs> because of this. Right. Like, you know, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Which, like, even on top of that, like the the, the frigate. So this is this is about where I stopped too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's you know r- roughly there. I got a little bit into the into the phase on mines, but like it it, it felt like a missed opportunity to me mm-hmm. because it, it was it was just another area, maybe with some platforming. Yeah. I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting them to go like full Mario swimming level in it, but it just it like they, I would like it if if the water did anything other than like the water is just like a uh, hindrance, and you just get an item that makes it not one. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it doesn't add anything. Yeah. To the game, like to the point, like it might as well have just been a wall. You know, before you go can go into here. Yeah. To the point where, like, um, <laughs> they, they, instead of throwing like a new enemy at you, they just throw the same missile uh, space pirates at you, but they're scuba space pirates. Yeah, yeah. Come it's on, like, 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 yeah. Like, give me some kind of awesome like alien fish. Well, to be fair, there is a cool alien fish down yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. Like that that thing with the different connected. Oh yeah, ends yeah. That just has the lightning or the electricity that connects it. Mm-hmm. That thing's rad as shit. Yeah. So like, it's still you know they still bring are bringing a little bit of their A game to this. Yeah. But but uh, you get through it. It's it's kind of neat because this is the same uh, freighter that you were on before. It's the what is it, uh, Elysium or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's kind of going back to this area that you were on before. Um, but you know, devastated and it, it, it is provided like this bridge to an area that you weren't supposed to have access to, which is this mine, right? Where mm-hmm. the, you know, it's the, it's the center of operations for the space pirates. They're here getting as much phase on us, phase on us possible because evil. And, yes. um, <laughs> and, 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 and phase on is not very interesting. Nope. Like, as uh, a thing. It, but it was interesting enough to make five games about it. <laughs> Yeah. Come on. Um, uh, uh. Yeah. yeah. So the, 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 the neat part about the phase on mines, um, aside from the shitty platforming and all the pirates and the turrets, um, is that you find out more like they're completely willing to experiment on their own. Like you're mm. fighting modified space pirates and you learned a little bit about this with the meta Ridley thing. Like in order to keep Ridley, you know, Ridley alive, they, you know, modified him and fed him flesh and things like that in order to get him back up to speed, which is a nice parallel for like the stuff that Samus goes through to stay alive. in a lot of yeah. these, you know, just yeah. kind of like you, you really are kind of like opposite sides of the same coin. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's other, it's otherwise kind of unremarkable to me. Uh, this the, yeah. the, this area, and you get a bunch of like power ups. Like you get the power bomb, but it, I don't know. The grapple beam has real limited use. I just I ran out of care. Yeah, and, and we and we don't. I mean, we didn't beat it further yeah. than this. Like, there's one other thing I want to definitely talk about. Yeah, in the game that I remember from when I was younger, but we're not going to go through the areas we didn't get through. No, no, um, that's silly. Um, suffice it to fit, say, you know, you find more upgrades and you fight more bosses, and then yeah. the, the whole thing with the dark samus happens. This game, the end of this game has a big gate at the end, which right. even as like a 23-year-old, I was like, this is fucking nonsense. Like this infuriated <laughs> me, which is this artifact bit where you have to go back and find the, the Chozo artifacts mm-hmm. and scan them. You can be doing this as you go. 
So like if you are very diligent about scanning everything. So this flies in the face of people are like, well, if you don't like the things, don't scan them. Sorry to give you the, <laughs> the, the, the dumb voice. I, that's, I apologize because I have no disdain for people who don't like this game. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, because if you're being really diligent, you maybe have done some of this work before you get there. Otherwise, though, it is kind of like a cross-country search for these little scannables. There are 12 of them, and they give you like oblique hints on how to get them. Unacceptable. <laughs> all, all of which are by the strategy guide. Yeah, totally, totally. Unfucking acceptable. And again, like it all goes back to this. I can only say this is the way of like, okay, we're going to have some real serious damage sponge enemies after this. You're going to need tons of missile upgrades and health upgrades. How can we make the player comb the areas they've already been yeah. to find this shit? It's the only explanation for it. And it's really like a, I resent the design of that. You I, know, like this, this like do this annoying thing to make you do something that we need you to have done. You know what it is? It's like the, um, the wall spell in Final Fantasy IV a little bit. Right? Like you, you're playing at a normal pace. You get to the point where you're going to need the wall oh, spell. Oh, yeah. You don't have it. Yeah. But then you have to spend a bunch of time leveling up underground to mm-hmm. get, uh, you know, rose up to the level that where you get it. It's not meaningful. They should have just given it to you at the level you'd naturally be at at that point. Right. But instead, they needed you to be tough enough to fight the things after it to justify their uneven difficulty curve. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that game is nearly flawless. That's one of the serious problems with that. This yeah. game has lots of little bits of that and then one huge steaming pile of dump <laughs> that they take on your dining room table near the end. <laughs> Ta-da. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like this accusation because it often falls flat for me, but um, it feels like length padding. Yeah. Yep, like, yep. I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, some, hmm. Yeah. If, if, it feels like adding sawdust to the meatloaf. Um, well, it doesn't need to be, I mean, it's length padding. Metroid games have never been that long. I've definitely played it long enough, you know, at this mm-hmm. point Yeah. for it to feel like, uh, you know, and this is twice as far as I got. So, I mean, that would be a long enough game, you know? Yeah. So if it was length padding, that was really misguided. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it reminds me of the apropos of nothing or maybe apropos of something like, uh, did you ever play the, uh, the, the single player on smash brothers brawl? Yeah. 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 Subspace yeah. emissary where yeah. you have all these awesome little vignettes where you're playing as the different characters and theme zones. Um, and then it makes you do this horrible, tedious thing where you go through a mashup of all the levels again. I must have blocked that or something. Like, I actually kind of have fond memories of Subspace Emissary. Um, like, I'm like the only person on the internet who does. And I probably just forgot that. It yeah. was like the first game I got for Wii. Uh-huh. And, uh, and just, you know, took a, you know, had a week off work for some reason. Um, it was like winter break. Right. And, you know, I just played it and really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was definitely in a, in a compromised mental state <laughs> at the time. Because that does sound awful. You were, you were I, at Disneyland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I barely remember that. Yeah. So, hmm. so I mean, like at the, at the top of the show, I was like, I wouldn't call this game a fail and pass fail. Maybe I would. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't think this is worth playing because those frustrating things. Like, there's a, there's a lot of good things to say about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it it is a very good Metroid game, though. Yeah. So, I'm with two minds about this because I agree with you. Accepting the things that are bad about it, which is really really hard to do. I feel that this is a good expression of like what makes Metroid. It, it feels like a Metroid game to me. Um, Here, the yeah, like there are certain things that it does like what Metroid is about. Certain things it does well, right? So like the the sense of empowerment, that's a big part of Metroid as as a, as a series, and the game does okay at that. 
exploration, it does, like, I would give it, like, a B. You know, like, it doesn't do it as well as, as some of the earlier games in the series. But sometimes that is fun. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'll, I'll give it those two things. Yeah. You and know, so, I, yeah. That might have been enough. I mean, I, I don't know if it's just kind of like a curiosity, like, holy crap, wow, they did it. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, compared to what, like, people thought this game was going to turn out to be, like, the disaster yeah. that I was going to be. Like, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of an accomplishment. Like, they managed to... But it's kind of a weird, it's like a Jurassic Park thing where like the scientists only thought about whether they could and they never stopped to think whether they should. Right. You know, like uh, there was really no reason to turn Metroid into a 3D game. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, 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 I mean, and that's me being an old man. Like I don't, I know, understand like the sexy new kids only want things in, in mm-hmm. 3D and to make the series viable, maybe they had to do this. But the, uh, I think it loses a lot. And some of it is directly related to being 3D, but some of it isn't. You know, right. and those were the things that they, they kind of fucked up that stung the most. Right. You know? Yeah. The balance issues. Um, yeah. I, I don't I, I don't know how much of it was related to being 3D, in, in, in my opinion. Balance issues could have been endemic to a 2D game. They could definitely have put a bunch of shitty lore into a 2D game. Yeah. And they could know? have made every, you know, not every item be just a different shaped block. You know, they could have the key problem, too. Yeah. In a 2D game. So it's kind of like just people who understood a couple of the basic principles of Metroid, but like didn't understand why it was fun, mm-hmm. you know, like why it actually, like why all those pieces worked together. And, and without a broader understanding of like the rest of the prime games, I can't safely say whether they like to, wh- wh- whether this was like uh, a first outing problem. My understanding of the second one is that it involves uh, that there are some things that improves on, but it is a lot of switching back and forth because you're switching between like a dark world and a light world. Right. And you run into a lot of enemies that can only be hurt in one world or the other. Right. So they haven't gotten rid of their love affair of toggling <laughs> switches. Right? Like, so that's still a thing. Right. You know, like, if you if you want to make an enemy, you know, instead of making an enemy, when you, when you want a, a specific weapon to be more effective on an enemy, make the enemy weak to something or strong to something. Mm-hmm. Don't make it a toggle where, like, you have to get out this, like, piece of the toolbox to make it work. Like, just make it take more hits if I don't feel like changing my beam. Yeah. You know, um, and then I'll be like, OK, this thing. And if it if it's really a challenge, then I'll treat it like such and I'll uh, approach it with a tactical mind. Don't make me, you know, every single like deal with this for every step I'm taking up the stairs, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, it's like putting on a new shoe every step you take up the stairs. <laughs> well, the you old know? one's dirty. Yeah, exactly. Shoes are only good for one step. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. really pretty infuriating. Like I had a, I had a bad time. <laughs> With yeah. this. Like I didn't, I did not have very much fun. A couple bits of impressed with, uh, you know, some of the gameplay and the graphics and uh, some of it, but I, I, it's hard for me to recommend this now. Like yeah. I don't like it. Play Super Metroid again. Play Zero Mission. Yeah. Like those are those are the good ones. It's too bad we're saving Super Metroid for like a ripcord on like, a, you yeah. Know, it's kind of like man, we really need to do something good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I mean, like I pretty much always up for it. Like, yeah. and I would, man, I would love to. We have to do it as like a redemption thing. Yeah. I'm not saying we have to wait a year for it, but like, it's gonna feel so good to look at this and then be able to say like, nope, this is what this does. It's great. <laughs> this is what. The, it's the same thing like when we do Secret of Mana eventually. Right. Like it's gonna just feel really good to be like, oh, that's what sort of Mana doesn't do. Right. You know, that's what they missed. Mm-hmm. And like, this is, it's real armchair, you know, armchair quarterbacking. Like mm-hmm. I, I try not to say like developers should do this. Cause I understand it's a hard job. Mm-hmm. It's, there's no one person. It's not a singular minds. It's a crazy team. I try not to do that, but sometimes it's just like, man, just play the, you know, if you're trying <laughs> to make an homage to something, 
like play the original and make sure you have an understanding of it. Like, you know, I guess that's an arrogant thing to say, to say like, I have a better understanding of it, but I do feel like I probably can articulate better what is good about super Metroid than the guys who made this, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe not, maybe they ran into other complications, but the fact that they reuse that kind of switching thing makes me think like they stand behind it. Like they like it as a thing, right? You know, and that just seems crazy to me. And maybe I'm wrong because as you'll learn in a moment, like a lot of people really love this game. So I could be totally just an outlier on that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm wondering, you know, through, through, throughout this episode, you have expressed more like general frustration with it. Like, I'm just wondering if I'm just, you know, somebody who isn't as invested in Metroid as the series as you are. I mean, it could be like super Metroid, you know, it's, it's one of my all time favorite games. Like it's, you know, consistently gets up in the top, like couple spots. It was the defining moment of a generation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, there is no fat on that game at all. Like it's, I mean, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect game, you know, and, and comparing things, comparing other games to a perfect game is not really fair. Right. You know, but even taking on its own merits, like I didn't have that much fun playing this, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, dude. Yeah. I don't know. I think we covered all the generalities. So why don't we uh, do a thing? Yeah, let's do a thing. Let's do an audible thing. As we said at the beginning, uh, this episode is brought to you by Audible.com. And for you, our dear listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And by way of recommendation, because there are no Metroid books and because my my sci-fi vocabulary is relatively shallow, um, I'm going to recommend a book that I have been rereading lately. One of my favorites uh, in the entire world, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert M. Persig. Um, Yeah. It is a uh, fantastic book. It's a little bit uh, slow in some places, um, where it gets a little bit trudgy with the uh, with the uh, um, uh, you know philosophical stuff. However, it is uh, you know a father and son's journey across America, and it is inherently about uh, the instabilities and insecurities that affect all of us, um, especially people who think that they might be of intellect, but actually they're not. Um, and also about uh, kind of the beauty that emerges when uh, romanticism meets technology. And why those two are not inseparable. All of those are things that I like. Yep. It's also about what happens when a father and son get a hold of a phase on deposit <laughs> and, uh, and, without, and their, their greed is left unchecked. I've, I've never read that. It's so, so. good. It, 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 it really is. Like I've read it. Uh, it's one of those things that's like, you know, it's a, it's a, a capital letters, meaningful book. Uh, you know, at, le- at least for, for me personally, read it for the first time in high school, read it a couple of times in college, um, read it when I was right out of college, reading it now. Um, and, uh, each time you take away something a little bit different, uh, yeah. because it does say a little bit about life. Um, I, th- I think it's true. Um, I, I dated a girl once who was talking, said that like, whenever you go into someone's house and they only have, like, if they list their favorite books as things you read in high school, or they only have books you read in high school, that's a kind of a danger sign, mm-hmm. you know, but the, the, you know, a lot of those books do stand up. Yeah, really well, yeah. like if, if the only book I ever read was 1984, that would be dumb. But 1984 is a great book. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a reason why it's it's a classic. Um, something you said in the intro to that, though, too. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how fucking awful Metroid books would be? Oh, God. Like, good God. Well, we could just take a text dump of all the Chozo and Space Pirate stuff and just make yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and just make just the most unpublishable stew. 
Well, I'm sure that, I'm like, sure that that was sold at a book fair someplace, right? Like they rolled yeah, in with the carts, <laughs> you know. Yeah, to- totally possible. Along Good with the fucking night, the the the, the novelization of uh, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: Revenge of the Use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, well, that, that, I mean, they all that there, there's a rich lore there, Cole. I, <laughs> I would I would rather read that than read a, a novelization of Metroid. And, was and, there I, a, and I love Metroid. Was there a world of power about Metroid? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think, and yes. Oh, no, that's not true. I was about to say there's not a world of power for anything that's specifically Nintendo licensed. Oh. But I think there's a super – that actually might be true. Okay. There are no worlds of power for a Nintendo licensed thing. There's just things from third-party developers. Yeah, because that would have been – that's a missed opportunity if we didn't do a, another dramatization scab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I would have uh, – I would probably have it. Like I have most <laughs> of the worlds of power books. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'd probably read it too, but it's still – it probably be better than those chosen logs. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so yeah. to download uh, your free audiobook today, either Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance or any other uh, book, go to audibletrial.com slash watch out for fireballs. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash watch out for fireballs for your free audiobook. Mm-hmm. So, you have heard uh, what we think about Metroid Prime, um, and we have some responses. We want to hear what you have to think about it. Um, Cole, do you want to start off with Michael? Sure. Yes, yes, I will. Michael via contact says, I will always remember Metroid Prime because it was the first uh, uh, transition to 3D that really won me over. By the time GameCube and, uh, and Prime uh, came around, my anti-3D sentiment was already well known among my peers, the uh, many points and counterpoints of which uh, any classic gaming aficionado will know well. As it turned out, Prime blew all of my misconceptions out of the water. It felt like a Metroid game. It didn't feel at all like a first-person shooter, although uh, uh, it certainly was a game that was played in first-person, and there was certainly a lot of shooting. I was surprised that the developers actually stuck with a theme of exploration, unlocking areas, gaining new abilities, not just weapons, and really creating one world to explore. The large world aspect was important to me. I thought it worked great for a Metroid game, far better than splitting the game into tons of little levels like Spyro or 007. None of this is to say that the game is perfect. I actually don't think I ever beat it. Many aspects of the game became tedious. I haven't played it in years, so it's tough to pinpoint exactly what was tedious. I just we'll, we'll remember, do that for you. Yeah. The, so. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that near the end uh, of the game, there were a lot of times when I knew what I needed to do. It just took a really, really long time and a lot of work to do it. And not in a rewarding way. Just a tedious, okay, let's get this over with because I want to get to the next thing kind of way. Also, if you put that sucker down for a week, good luck ever remembering what the heck you were doing when you left. Despite these complaints, I've always looked at Prime to be the shining example of how new developers and new technology can actually breathe life into a franchise instead of simply destroying it. Good, good response. I wonder if, if that's similar to how I felt about it before I replayed it. I wonder if you would have a similar experience to what I had or whether you'd find hidden joys in it. Yeah. I think that, uh, like, on going back through it, the, 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 the joys are less pronounced than when you first went through, and mm-hmm. the, 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 the bad parts remain as painful. Yeah, probably. Having never Some... replayed this game. <laughs> Tell us what Joni uh, says. Yeah, Joni says via contact. I'm, I'm so happy that so many people are using the contact. Not to discourage people from using other things, but it makes organization a breeze yes. for these things. Uh, Joni says, long time ago, I borrowed this game from a friend. I finished this game twice before I managed to keep myself from playing it again, and later I bought it twice just to play it again. 
The gameplay, visual design, and sound design are great. Every place looks unique and is complemented with soundtrack. Every weapon and enemy makes its own distinct sounds. Varied weapons, upgrades, and especially extra visors are really cool to use. This game has a really good tutorial section as well. It tells you everything you need to know without interrupting you too many times, and is one of the more exciting parts of the game. Scanning for information is fun, though the scan icons are sometimes hard to aim at. Uh, some bits that annoyed me were the part when you get the thermal visor in Fendrana, uh, where the difficulty ramps up suddenly, and the first part of the Phazon Mines, which is way too long with annoying invisible enemies at the end. Or uh, one annoying invisible enemy at the end. Mm-hmm. Still, this is the best 3D Metroid and one of my favorite games ever. So, yeah. Dooney thinks this is the best of the, the trilogy. Yeah. I, I've heard that opinion in a couple of other places. Yeah. yeah. I always, whenever I hear that about the first of anything being the best, I wonder if it's just because it was the, you know, the newest or the most simple version, though, too. Right, right. Like, I don't actually un- have it to, to go by, but. Uncluttered, yeah. Yeah, three had a lot of like really. So we talked about two a little bit. Three had a lot of like stu- like stuff to it. Like you weren't just playing a Samus. I think there were, there were other bounty hunters that were there, or that you That's were like crazy. working alongside with. Yeah, I could see that if they had a bunch of different. I mean, it wouldn't be very Metroidy, but it might be kind of neat in its own right that they had a bunch of different abilities and right. such. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you, Joni. Tim via contact says Metroid Prime is one of my all time favorites. It's pretty crazy that Retro pulled off a first person Metroid game so well on their first try. The game still plays really well, even to this day, uh, though I may be biased with my love of the GameCube controller. I rarely find myself fighting with a lock on and the variety of movement options make the platforming surprisingly painless, except for the phase on mines. Fuck that place in hell forever. That's my, (laughs) um, my addition. Uh, probably my favorite part, uh, is the amount of detail that they put into the game. Stuff like Samus's cannon freezing over when you charge the ice beam, bosses bouncing the morph ball up into the air, or seeing Samus's hand change position via the X-ray visor when you switch beams. I didn't notice that. I never got to the X-ray visor. Hmm. So that is a neat detail. Every little detail really shows the love Retro put into the game. Stuff like that separates games that I shelf after one playthrough and ones that I come back to replay every couple of years. When, it, when I hear about those detail things, that I agree. Like the the ones that you mentioned that I noticed, I really appreciated. Another one, it really speaks to how um, divided game development is. Mm-hmm. You know, like how there's a team working on that stuff, and then another team writing the lore, and another team designing the levels. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it when a game comes through that fire, fires on all cylinders, like that's a miracle, right? You know, like given how many people and how many opportunities for fuck ups there are. And yeah. that, you know, some of my, you know, very few of my favorite games actually fire on all cylinders mm-hmm. and just, it's a, you know, having that many cooks, I think. Yeah. It's, um, it, it it's tough because you fall into the, uh, you fall into the fallacy of thinking that there's a finite amount of care in the world mm-hmm. and you think like, man, it's awesome that they cared enough to make the visor effects work like that. And you get the little droplets and, you know, you can see your hand move when she switches weapons, all of that. But why didn't they care about making the lore better? Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, just different people. Yep. Or they, or you know, they uh, there there is an infinite amount of care in the world. There is a finite amount of time. Yeah. And maybe some of it was sequential. Mm-hmm. You know, they the maybe like this almost seems like something like they worked on the the mechanics, or I mean, they could have worked on the mechanics and the uh, the detail stuff earlier on, and then ended up running up against the deadline. Oh yeah. When they were doing some of this other stuff, like there's I I don't know. I I I've been second guessing people this entire show. <laughs> On the record, I try not to do it. It's just hard not to. Yeah. So, 
Um, J. Travis Woodside, great name. <laughs> yes, the best names. Yeah, so good. Um, J. Travis Woodside uh, says via Facebook, <clears throat> I don't think I could have died happy until I played Metroid Prime. Whoa! <laughs> um, <laughs> never mind how well Retro, Stu- Retro Studios was able to retain classic Metroid gameplay in 3D. This game has a world and mythos so well crafted that it puts Mass Effect to shame. Sometimes it's okay for a video game to actually feel like a video game. Clever immersion tactics will always ground you in reality, even if it's the false reality of a space opera. I think the key with Prime is detail. There's no wasted space in the game whatsoever. In a realistic military shooter, you can turn a corner and discover that the world abruptly ends. But in Prime, you never feel like you've stumbled upon the end of the game world. That's a good point. Um, Prime is a shining example to the industry that you don't need an open world to feel free. My only qualm is the key curse uh, key hunt near the end of the game. I'm not Bilbo. I cannot handle riddles. If only she had some sort of amazing technology that could have helped me along the way. Or would Samus have also needed a, uh, to visit GameFAQs? And yeah. I almost read that in my head as having a GameFAQs visor. <laughs> which is not to, not to punch up your comment or anything. But just uh, when I was kind of reading ahead, like that's how my brain translated it. Yeah. I would like that. I would like if there was a game fast. Yeah. Alternate scab idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that we didn't know doing. Um, yeah, I don't. I uh, that little bit about it not feeling like you're hitting the end of the world. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of true. Yeah. Like, would you agree with that? Like, I think that's kind of a good point. There are dead ends, but they feel that they, they don't feel like unnatural dead ends. It's not like there is like a waste high walls. Door. With, yeah. yeah, yeah, waste high walls with a you know endless horizons beyond them that you can't explore. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I mean the lore stuff, man, I can't, I can't get on board with you yeah. on that, but yeah. So thank yeah. you everybody. Uh, let us turn on our deliberation visor. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we've walked all the way the fuck back to the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> after after going and uh, checking out the gravitational disturbance using the deliberation visor, um, are you happy, Retro? <laughs> and uh, there we are able to scan and find that uh, J. Travis Woodside is our winner. Yes, yes. Um, pure, pure, purely in the spirit of um, agreeing to disagree. Yes, uh, and the, you know, the gusto you throw behind this. Yes, and I liked your bit about the uh, world feeling open because I didn't really pick up on that. But in retrospect, it uh, in retrospect, it uh, it stands up. <laughs> well, so. One of those comments I almost read it as retroid. Oh, I, I actually, oh, actually, you can if, listen to the tape, and I almost say retroid as well. <laughs> so, yeah. So, thank you so much, J. Travis Woodside, for having an awesome name and for your uh, for your insightful and enthusiastic comments. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, for doing this, for, 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 for writing in, you win a copy of uh, Max Payne. Yeah, Maximum Payne. Yes, um, the most for, pain. For the, uh Yeah, I would recommend playing it on the PC. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're able to do that, uh, join the uh, Watch Out Fireball Steam group. Um, and yeah, and play along with us. That's what we're doing next. It is a fun, over-the-shoulder uh, shooter developed by somebody who's not Rockstar. And uh, yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I might start it tonight. Yeah, I need to uh, um, install Windows on my primary machine uh, to play it. So, because screw, I don't want to sit on my couch. I want to play this one at the at the at the computer. Yeah, with a well, so, with a mouse. Yeah, is the I mean the big thing you're going to want. Um, I hope this. I have similar fond memories of this, similar to Hyad with Metroid Prime. So I hope this doesn't end up disappointing me. Right. Um, but we shall see. Yeah, we're doing something weird after that. Tell them, Gary. 
Yeah, we're doing our first uh, dual, like, kind of split episode. Um, we've done double episodes before where we cover one game over two. Now we're covering two games over one and doing a Nintendo 64 version of Mario Golf, followed by Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 on the system of your choice. Yes. Um, both of those really fun games. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 again. Yeah. Um, Mario Golf as well, because I love golf games. Yeah, um, and it's my, it's my favorite golf game. Like the, the GameCube one I like a little bit more, but the Mario Golf is my favorite golf. Yeah. Mario, uh, Mario sports are my favorite sports. Yes. <laughs> All so. sports. Mar- Mario carts are my favorite carts. Totally. Um, yeah. Um, Mario, Mario golf for the N64. It's available on the Wii virtual console. Uh, so that mm-hmm. makes it a little bit easier as well. Um, yep. and then finally, uh, at least for what we're going to announce, um, we're going to be doing a two part episode on Deus X. Yeah. Yeah. The, the big one, one of my all time favorite games. I am so excited to play this again. Um, I need to really look up the, the cutoff point. So I'm sorry I haven't done that yet, but just start playing it if you're going to play along. Yeah. Um, and we'll announce the cutoff point in the next episode for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, about halfway through the game. Right. And, uh, yeah, this game is available on GOG. It's available on Steam. Uh, it's there moddable. A- like, the, like the, there, are, there are tons of, like, stability mods and texture mods that you mm-hmm. can get. Um, I'm sure, like, we're just going to do vanilla, right? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say that, like, I've played through it so many times mm-hmm. that I might do a uh, – I'm not going to do an adding content mod. I might do like an ease of use style mod mm-hmm. or a cut content mod. Okay. Um, just cause that stuff's, you know, I try to talk about deleted scenes and games, right. um, you know, anyway, but, uh, not any of like the real crazy mods right. that are in there. Um, yeah. Stay away from like nameless mod <laughs> for this, um, for this playthrough. Okay. Um, but the, yeah. So, and after that, we, uh, usually we have a few, you know, we have like a season planned after this, we don't know what we're doing. Right. So, which means we are more open. We're always open to your suggestions. We are more open than ever. Please try to take into account uh, the fact that we're doing a big, long two-part game right before this. Um, so we're probably not going to do, like, I don't know, Baldur's Gate right after this, as much as I love that game. Right. So if you have an appropriately linked uh, game you'd like to hear us talk about, we'd like to hear about it. And how can they tell us about that, Cole? Yes. Well, you can go to um, duckfeed.tv slash contact if you would like to write in for it. There's also a uh, um, a little module on the uh, um, you know, duckfeed.tv slash watch out for fireballs or watch out for fireballs.com. They both go to the same place. Uh, there's just you just enter uh, you enter a game name in there. There's also one for abject suffering. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, mm-hmm. and you can make those recommendations. Um, yeah. We never said uh, what you you know how, how you could get in touch with us about like you know submitting your own um, you know comments mm-hmm. about the games that we play. That's just you know duckfeed.tv slash contact as well. Yep. Um, the uh, so if you are listening to our sister show Abject Suffering, um, mm-hmm. you may notice that there's not a new episode of it up mm-hmm. right now. Um, we're chalking this up. It's partly Cole's fault, partly my fault. Not really Cole's fault. <laughs> partly due to Cole's accident set off our schedule. And I had a misunderstanding where when we, we usually, just to give you a peek behind the curtains, we usually record two of those at once. When we recorded the last one, I thought we were just doing one, but we were also supposed to record the Jurassic Park 2 one, or the Jurassic Park one as well, and I didn't play it. So yeah. the, uh, the episode of Abject Suffering that pairs with this episode is actually going to come out with the extra episode mm-hmm. uh, next week. And that's, uh, you know, I would say primarily my fault. Like you were prepared to, to do it, but I kind of fucked it up. So It doesn't matter. Because everybody, yeah. like, we'll, we will all live. Yeah. <laughs> and besides, they they got the, uh, hmm, 
I don't know. It'll be, it'll be back to normal soon. We can, with yeah. our, if you, our if national you listen to the home improvement one, it's great. It's like, listen it's to like it again. the best thing. I yeah. love it so much. We're doing so well on that fucking show. And I hate, uh, I mean, I don't hate it like that. Not everybody listens to it, but, uh, you should listen to it. You should definitely, uh, kick us a couple bucks because it, we're doing some of our finest work on it. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. even about the game. Gary. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not uh, if you have, you know, if you like us, but, uh, I mean, if you like us, you like video games, but right. it's the kind of show I can, I can show to my normie friends and then they'll, you know, they'll be into, yeah. uh, cause it's, it's, I, I think we do pretty good work on it. Yeah. So fantastic. I, 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 you know, you can do that. You go to duckfeed.tv slash tribute. You kick us a couple of bucks and then you get access to all of those episodes. So it's ever increasing in value. Yep. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're getting the archive. So every single so longer you wait, it's better money spent. <laughs> Damn it. Wait. No. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge way to help us. Um, also, we, you know, other ways to help us would include the Audible uh, link that we mentioned, the Amazon link that we mentioned. Um I do commissioned Mario Paint songs. Yes, that are available on the store. Um, just got a new one of those rolled in. Um, I'm always happy to do that. It's really fun for me, and everybody who I've done it for has been really happy right. with what they've gotten. So, if you want a ringtone, if you want a podcast theme of your own, um, please uh, you know kick me a couple bucks. And I'd be happy to do it for you. Fantastic. Um, I think that's all of the housekeeping stuff. Uh, we're always looking for little bits and bites of the show to turn into the sampler as we approach episode number fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going back through and listening to the episodes, but it is slow going because we yeah. talked for a long time. <laughs> um, so if we've said anything funny or something, uh, you know, dreadfully insightful, let us know, uh, what episode and roughly what time and, uh, we'll put it into the, into the sampler. Yeah. Yeah. And we have some, some fun stuff down the, the pike. We both had a bunch of real life stuff recently with Cole and the accident and me with regular, you know, the accident that is, uh, <laughs> that my parents made. Um, but the, <laughs> yeah, so we have, we had a bunch of real life stuff, but we have some fun merchandise and, and movement kind of stuff for the podcast coming up. Yeah. So stay tuned. Please do. Um, yeah. And, uh, read and review us on iTunes. And other than that, do we have any other piece of advice? Um, I would, uh, you know, just, just cool it with a lore. Calm down. Yeah. yeah. Look, calm down, Retro. <laughs> just, like, you know, just, just chill. Just chill out. Stop trying to, you know, quit trying to suck the mystery out of life. Yeah. You know? Gosh, there's romance and there's, there's romance and things you can't see. Yeah. We, we, we were worse off when we discovered how to make fireballs. are delicious yeah the columns a, are gross though a little yeah. bit yeah <laughs> i had a friend who had a who had greek food at his at his graduation party mm. that was a good party um <laughs> <laughs> also he also he also had go-karts that was fun at um, his graduation party uh high school graduation 
Oh, you're really burying the lead on that one. <laughs> like he had euros. That was great. <laughs> oh, he also had go-karts. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good party. I don't know. Yeah. A great party. Yeah. 